What's up, everything? We've just finished recording this marathon episode, one of our longest ever, and let me tell you something, it was worth it. Enjoy it in two parts as we first take a deep and exhaustive look at every NHL reverse retro jersey. Which ones are perfect? Which ones do we disagree on? And which ones are an affront to the eyes of God? Then take a break. Have a rum and coke, maybe take a nap, and then hit play again to listen to our 2021 Misery Index. The length of this podcast is just a simulation of the misery that the worst NHL teams in the league have to endure. But who is the most miserable for that, my friends? You'll have to wait until the end because podcasts do not have fast-forward controls. It's obviously a lot to cover, and I've already talked too much, so let's get started. At least you can get started. I'm all done here, and let's Go vocal cords. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to episode 151 of the Two Guys, One Cup podcast. Ian, we made no mention of our 150th episode because uh, we didn't want to point out that we'd reached a milestone and we're still this bad. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we like to think, we like you to always think that we're perpetually just starting. We've only been doing this for three years. Yeah, yeah, it's... uh, it's good. It's good. It's a learning this, process. You wouldn't expect a three-year-old to know how to do this. That's yeah. what I like to think. And this episode right here today is it's definitely the first time we've recorded this. Not a no mistakes were made in the recording of this particular episode. So you know, None. we're we're all good. We're truth, all good. We're, truth and a lie. Yeah, that's that's right. And you know, uh, people didn't want to hear that 20 minute rant we went on about the long, hard winter in Russia anyway. So, you know, we're fine. How are you doing today, Ian? It's a Saturday afternoon. It's dreary outside. Maybe it's, maybe it's gorgeous in Southwest Gardens, but here oh, no, dreary. no, it's uh, d- despite the it's name, I'm awful in you're more Southwest than I am. <laughs> um, but I am West. I am West and slightly South of Botanical Gardens. Um, yeah, it's pretty dreary out. It's a, it's a kind of nasty, I suppose it's not really winter yet, but winter day uh, definitely looks like snow clouds if snow was a thing here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish. You know, uh, this is a kind of, it's like a hockey, it's like a hockey day, you know, except for is, not. Except there's no freaking hockey. Except for um, our podcast. That's right. We are the home of the hockey. And uh, yeah, I think... Uh, I think we have two major topics to talk about today and, and not much else. I think um, we've got the uh, St. Louis boys or the St. Louis boys, the reverse retro uh, overall uh, Jersey discussion. Now that we finally have the real deal, Holy field to look at, and mm-hmm. we can debate a little bit on our, uh, we did a tier list, which you can just Google NHL Jersey uh, tier list or reverse retro tier list and, and give us your thoughts. Send them to our Twitter after you review us and subscribe to our podcast on, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts so we can hit that like button, read your horribly abusive re- uh, reviews on air. But uh, yeah, we did tier lists. I, we're not drastically different. Uh, 
uh, on a lot of things, but um, there are some there's some points of disagreement, so we can discuss. Mm-hmm. That'll be fun. And then uh, most of this episode, as the uh, title of this episode uh, would probably reflect to you, not that I I know the title because we've never recorded this episode before, is <laughs> uh, um, our misery index. So. Um, that's uh, an annual tradition since uh, last annual, uh, since last year, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's fun. It's I, I love this episode. I like the concept. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about um, you know what goes into that um, in a, in a bit here, um, but uh, yeah, it's the it's uh it's a fun episode i think people will enjoy it i'm excited to do it uh but let's start with the hot goss in the nhl this week the reverse retro jerseys they're here they're all official uh i want to say first of all just as kind of an overall thing that just bravo to the nhl for doing this i think i mean i'm of two minds on it on the one hand it's a very transparent cash grab in a season where they're not going to have fans or at least not a substantial amount of fans and need cash. So like, I get that, but I also am not offended by that. I think some people see that and say that, and, you know, I, I feel like we've talked about this before and we'll say like, well, you know, they just want to make money. And it's like, yeah, man, they're a business. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they you do to pay money, money. To, to go to the stadium and watch the games or whatever. Yeah. So. And also you, you, you don't have to pay $200 for a Jersey, but if they, if other people want to, then fine. What's your problem with it? You know, but mm-hmm. um, so that's, uh, that's my, uh, that's my first thought on this overall. Um, and, you know, beyond just the, the cash grabbiness of it, I do think it's, it's something, as we talked about last week, a little different from the NHL, a little, a little outside of their comfort zone, just a little more creative, in, at least in some cases, although the, you know, great and uh, venerated original six didn't, didn't do much outside of the comfort zone, as we'll talk about. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we can, we can talk about, uh, the jerseys individually but what are your thoughts on the overall kind of project if you will how adidas delivered um you know what the nhl's mindset was and all that yeah i think they did a really good job it's one of those things where like you mentioned you don't really see the nhl do something as a whole at least across all the teams you know they put in rules in place and all that stuff that you know um affects the actual game itself but as far as like branding goes it seems to be each team is its own thing and you can do your own thing outside of a few different nights that we all do you know everyone does hockey fights cancer everybody does you know you can play sort of stuff but it's like mm-hmm. generally they're kind of their own entities um especially given the fact that they're just very different uh, franchises from like an original six teams to like looking at like the coyotes looking at like vegas and stuff they just feel very distinct and so to see them kind of unify the league and say, hey, everybody's getting one of these jerseys this year. It was actually really neat because I thought for a while it sounded like the rumblings to start sounded like it was just going to be some teams. And, and that sounded a little disappointing because it was like, oh, I'd like to see each team do this. And it's great that they're able to get the entire league on board with this. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, they didn't get every team totally on board as well. <laughs> but yeah, I they mean, did I think something. I think overall, like you were saying, it's it's great that they did everybody. Nobody feels left out. Um, teams tried harder. Some teams tried harder than others. But, um, you know, I think it's uh, 
it's just uh it's just a good project it's just fun you know it's fun it's it's something to talk about in an off season where there's just not a lot to talk yeah. about yeah so one bright um, spot in 2020 you know yeah it's something fun the to look at good thing in all of 2020 and even some um, of these teams couldn't give us that yeah seriously um so yeah that's uh that's kind of the overall look at things um how should we go about this uh looking at the individual um, sweaters because we've never I, we've never prepared i think or look, recorded this episode before so we should probably discuss <laughs> tactics here at a glance quickly. at a glance it looks like we have a lot of them in the same spots uh-huh. um or moved around maybe a little bit so i figured we kind of kind of get them in chunks if you will you wanna, move, move down do you want to start in the middle though maybe and kind of move both directions yeah, we can instead we can kind of like, do that. Instead of like starting with either the worst or the best, I think I think we've got a lot of close ones. I kind of ranked mine not only by tier, but like ordered within the tier a little bit. Yeah, I tried so to do that myself. That gives a little bit of kind of, you know, an overall one to 31 feel. Um, so I'll start I'll start with one that I think we, we disagreed strongly on. Um in my boring tier is the uh, Oilers one. And I, I totally get why you put it in your second tier, your awesome tier. Um, the only reason I moved it down and it is at the top of my more boring tier is just because it is like very basic and safe to me. And that kind of probably, probably too much influenced my rankings here is like, what is super safe versus what, what I felt like kind of the point of the project was to be a little gaudy and ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's I, the only reason I dinged it, but why don't you talk about why you liked it a lot? I, I mean, we'll talk about some of the ones I really didn't like later and it, it's, it looks similar Boy, to some, <laughs> and it looks similar to some of the ones I didn't like, but yeah, it's white. It looks more like an away, you know, a current away, but it's the bright orange. It's the bright blue. It's clean. It's, it's just, I think the difference between this one and say a Detroit or a Dallas that we'll talk about is that this is white, but it brings enough color to it that it, it makes it stand out for me. And I think it's the colors that it brings to are like the ones that I really like and wish Edmonton used, uh, went back to using. So mm-hmm. I think that's why, that's why I like it so much. It'd be cool if it was blue that's too, fair, yeah. um, just because they wear the oranges now as their homes, but I, I, I really like it a lot. I think if this was the away of just their current home, like their current, you know, not their current home, but if this was the away version of their main and mm-hmm. their main was more what they had back in like 2018, like you've alluded to, that would be perfect and it would be great. And I would probably buy a McDavid one. I still might, um, but <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, it just, it lacks a, a little bit of that kind of risk-taking element to me. And and it's hard to do when you're the Oilers and your jerseys have been basically the same for like 40 years. So I, mm-hmm. I get that a little bit too. Um, let's talk about some teams we agreed on being the boring side of, um, of you know, you called it Matt, I called it boring. Not, not truly abominable, but not great. Uh, we both put Nashville in there. My thinking is just that it, it, just looks like a Nashville jersey like it doesn't it's yeah not different in any way I it's guess. got that early 2000s look where they kind of have the gray where they would have normally had like a dark navy blue along the along the shoulders and along the yeah. arm but they could I think they should have gone with the 
some teams went with like an old logo, you know, mm-hmm. on their jersey, and some teams went with like, oh, this is the same logo. And while I don't, I'm not, I don't know everything about Nashville's jerseys. I do remember them having kind of like a triangle behind uh-huh. the Predator uh, head for a while, even maybe back then. And I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool if they threw it back to way back then. But instead, they kind of just yeah stuck the regular logo that they normally have on there and just sort of did the shoulders differently so i was like that's fine that's different but yeah it's it doesn't move the needle for me at all yeah i agree with that uh, another one we agreed on in that same kind of vein is the pittsburgh i mean it, it's a fine looking jersey and i like the pittsburgh 90s jerseys but it is just a pittsburgh 90s <laughs> jersey and it's white you know it's there's just not mm-hmm. much pop to it really. I, I wish they would have gone back to that like um emperor penguin looking jersey you know where it was like yeah. more of like a more triangles you know than the triangle sort of penguin <laughs> triangles, well i guess baby. they have a triangle they have a penguin inside a triangle now but yeah they had the one that was less cartoony looking that was just kind of like a penguin's head on top of a triangle and kind of like mm-hmm. alluding to its wings or whatever and it was like that those i didn't even necessarily like but i was like they're the kind of weird um old i know some people do like them but like old uglier jersey that they should have thrown back to i think this feels more like a this one feels more like a winter classic jersey to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's very fair. Um, I felt the same way about the the Flyers one. Um, mm. Just sort of like not a lot to change there. And and again, they're a team that's been orange and black forever. So I get why that could be difficult. Um, but you know, I think the challenge of the project is to is to get creative and they didn't especially you had them right at the top of this tier i had them more in the middle but i think we pretty much agreed on i think it's funny because you talk about project and you know they they didn't do great on this project and it just sounds like grading like school projects like the (laughs) the uh yeah of this project was to be more creative and you know you didn't do a bad job but this isn't (laughs) as creative as i had hoped i heard i heard that as i said it um (laughs) and uh same same to me for toronto just a very black I almost moved them into my very bottom tier. It just doesn't do anything. The Maple Leaf is is very huge. I mean, it just looks very similar to every jersey they've ever worn. And like you said, if you're an original team or, you know, even an expansion team after that original six, you do kind of have a set color scheme these days. And there's not really an old color scheme to harken back to. So like Toronto can do kind of different shades of blue and then they can change the logo like they did to their, their more, um, I don't know what you'd call it, less cartoony logo, more of an outline of the, uh, the Maple Leaf than the mm-hmm. kind of frilly fuzzy one they have right now. But like, it's just, yeah, the Maple Leaf looks huge and maybe it's the person wearing it or whatever, but it just feels like maybe it'll look better on like a player. It just looks like a tent on this person. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, I remember a couple of years ago when I think I think it was the first year that Matthews played and they quote unquote updated their jersey by like making the maple leaf a little pointier or whatever. And it was mm-hmm. supposed to be like a huge deal at the time. Um, so they're not obviously a team that's real keen on uh, big changes <laughs> or anything. But I would love, I, I wish, I would love a version of this quote unquote project um, that, uh, <laughs> that like dared teams to be even crazier a little bit and like do something re- like really new and different from anything they've done before that'd be fun to do maybe next mm-hmm. year or something um, i mean it's it's hard I, I i love the nba 
in terms of like having a thousand different jerseys. But as I think we talked about last week, they literally wear a t-shirt and shorts. So I'm not sure that translates to the NHL, especially if they're selling these at uh, $200 a pop. Although I don't think NBA jerseys are like cheap by Mm -hmm. any means. Um, I'd have to look them up to know for sure. Uh, But um, yeah, it's just, I would love some more. Just the whole idea that you should have one or two set jerseys throughout the season maybe it's maybe it's too daring for the nhl but i just feel like why you know why why not have more and sell more stuff and and be a little more fun i don't think they're ever going to have 20 or 30 but if a team wants to have five or six sweaters that they wear throughout an 82 game season i feel like that's not uh you know, really over the line and a good, yeah. a, a good, I just looked at the bulls for fun. Like a, a authentic bulls Jersey is $300. So like, it's not a, it's not a savings thing apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Although know? if you go to, so, I was going to say, I just went to like the NBA store for like the nuggets randomly. And maybe these are like the fake, you know, the fake real jerseys, but they uh, have ones for like 82 bucks. Yeah. They do have more affordable ones. This, this one at the top, I was looking at was like a, a full-on like Jordan replica so that's probably not a fair comparison but like yeah I mean even even 90 bucks a pop is not cheap yeah um if you're buying if there's 10 a year or whatever but anyway that's just a little bit of a random tangent um we just discussed Toronto is that correct yeah I hadn't moved on from them um I think one more that we both kind of agreed was in this kind of blah category as the old Rangers, you know, it's cool to see the Statue of Liberty logo come back. Um, but you had them almost teetering into your gross tier. Uh, why do you like, I, I put them a little higher, but I think I agree that they're just pretty bland. Did you have I mean, particular points of, of disgust look, with this I think one? The, the problem is for me, they look almost, I'm sure I'm wrong in some facet, but like, exactly like that jersey mm-hmm. that looks exactly yeah. like the jersey they had like they didn't even do anything they just said we will bring back it's like they forgot the reverse part or they or they remembered the reverse part and they said we will be reversing what we wear back to a retro jersey <laughs> and i was like no that's not that's not it um yeah it's just it's just very bland and i think again i love the rangers jerseys like normal jerseys so like mm-hmm. to me this sort of feels like when blues fans talk about our current jerseys or ones we've had in the last four or five years and they go man I really wish we could go back to those those uh, navy blue thirds and I'm kind of like nah like you know, <laughs> what we wear right now is so good and that feels like such a like interesting but just like a step back and this I guess it just feels like a step back where it's like eh, I'm not I'm not jazzed about this I'd instantly buy any other jersey before this one for them mm-hmm yeah, I agree. It's just uh, I would much rather have one of their base jerseys if I was going to buy one. Um, so yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, one I I brutalized probably too much. I mean, I put it at the very bottom of mine just because it does the least for me because it is literally just <laughs> a jersey that they already have had. Is the Islanders one? You put it. I'm glad to see you put it at least low in your Met here. I'm assuming for basically all the same reasons you just said about the Rangers. Um, I I probably put them too low. I'm just so pissed. It's just such a Lou, Lou Lamorello old man move, and it's just like we're going to talk about this in the misery index too. So spoiler alert a little bit. But like, is there any team in the league that is more freaking? boring than the new york islanders i want i want to like the islanders 
is. Like mm-hmm. everything, it, it is hard-coded in my DNA to think that if there is a blue and orange team in the uh, in New York, you should like them more than the alternative, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. because I just, the Mets, as I know that older uh, Cardinals fans really hate the Mets too, but like my entire life, the Mets were the terrible, awful team in the, in the crappy borough and the, and the, you know, and the um, uh, Yankees were the team, you know, and the, and the Islanders feel that same way to me, to the Rangers, but they just refuse to let me like them. <laughs> they do everything in their power to stay boring and irrelevant. Uh, I realized they made the Eastern conference final this year, but they did that in the most boring way. It's just like, they try so hard. So I think it was a bit of uh, a peak that made maybe made me put them at the very bottom. Um, but uh, you know, um, they're, you they're could, you could have gone with the fisherman Jersey, but you didn't. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, they, they could have done that. And if they'd done that well, I'm sure they'd be at my top two tiers easily, but um, they decided not to. Uh, let's talk about some of the ones that um, you and I, you know, kind of put in the good tier, uh, the, you know, third tier that are, are solid, um, but, uh, you know, not amazing. I was, I was actually um, kind of proud to see that you put the, uh, the Nordiques uh, abs jersey in the good tier. Why don't you talk about that? Because I think I peer pressured myself into moving them up one into my second tier. Um, but you put them right at the front of the good tier. I think we can both agree they look cool. It's really great to see the Nordiques logo again. Mm-hmm. Um, but why did you move them down to your middle tier? Yeah, I was proud that they went with the Nordiques logo because there were other teams that um, used old old franchises colors and but then went with their current logo, which was like, oh God, <laughs> full reverse, go full reverse. We'll, di- we'll discuss yeah, in a yeah. moment. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah. I'm glad they went back to the Nordiques, like essentially their entire jersey. The problem I have with this, and I guess I shouldn't say the problem, there's, it's still a very good jersey. I, I like it um, a lot. I think what this highlighted for me is that I don't, I already knew this and I just kind of keep it quiet and don't say anything because people are really big on the abs. They love the abs. Um, I don't like the abs colors. And some people really do. And I don't like those colors. <laughs> like they... I think it feels the like Nordiques, they're both slightly off. The it Nordiques like jersey, a, yeah, like looks good. The design is good, but it made me realize how much I like the Nordiques colors too, because mm-hmm. then you pair it with the Avs colors and it's not bad, but it just doesn't pop as much. Yeah. And they, it's just, yeah, I, I guess maybe it's all the white too that makes me realize like, oh, these, these colors do not stand out um, against white. I mean, obviously you can see them against white, but it just, they don't they don't do enough for me against like a full white Jersey, but still I like the whole design overall. And I'm glad that they didn't like kind of have to a Nordiques Jersey that just went full Nordiques, which is great. Yeah, I agree. And I love the, the little uh, fleur de lis along the bottom. And I think, I think you're right about the colors. I've, I've always kind of just thought, well, they're cool because they're different. And that, that's still somewhat true. Um, mm-hmm. But I do feel like maybe the burgundy kind of purple should be a little brighter color and the blue should maybe be a little darker instead of the reverse i don't know maybe you know it's, it feels like they're close to something really cool but then when you see them in this context you're like eh, it's it's missing a little something yeah um, i think having more i think having just the blue accents feels a little off whereas there's a little bit more blue in their actual jersey and so it's like oh okay it's definitely two-toned or this feels like um 
I guess two tones being like burgundy and white and then there's just like mm -hmm. this ever so slight blue and against white you're kind of like is that a blue or is that not yeah uh so I mean they're good they're, they're yeah, no yeah. question they look good they I get why people are, are all about them uh just kind of a personal preference thing where I put them a little bit lower and and uh you know you put them even lower than I did which makes me happy because I thought I was going to be kind of on an island on that one I know there are some listeners to this podcast who are a big fan of them and uh you know screw them no, yeah, I'm just wrong. uh we'll have an even bigger debate with our well i will at least with our friend uh gift jeff here in a moment so you know we'll talk about that but uh um another tune that uh, i had my good that we both had in our good list we actually had in the exact same spot uh, third in our uh, third tier, so may maybe the most middle of all these jerseys, although it's not probably in the same number overall in our rankings, uh, the Washington Capitals. I think this ended up looking really good. I think it's cool to see the Screaming Eagle back a little bit. Um, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a ridiculous jersey concept overall, um, but, you know, I, I like even the little touches, like the shape of the sea feels very 90s and old school, you know, like just everything about it, the, the angles of it. Um, it doesn't look, you know, it's one of those things where it's like if they had debuted that as, as just a number one jersey, I'd be like, oh boy, uh, this might have been a mistake. <laughs> but because of the context of this um, whole, you know, the whole effort here to make these jerseys, I think I really ended up liking it a lot. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I, I agree. I think these are perfect, like third jerseys. Um, mm. You know, they had the they had the sort of teal or dark teal and copper colors for a while there in the '90s with this design. And it is one of those things where um, I think they are very much akin to the clown jerseys for the Blues. Where if you mm. grew up in that era, that those are your Capitals jerseys. But anyone on either side of that think they're awful. Mm. And I think that's the same with Capitals fans. But I think these are really cool because the design is still kind of gaudy in 90s but you get the, like the much in my opinion much better colors yeah. uh, for them and it just yeah it pops overall agree uh one we kind of disagreed on you put it a little higher and i'm i'm actually warming to it as i look at it more i'm still kind of bored by the lightning overall um they've never had any any jersey that really really pops to me but i do like the blue with the white logo i think that looks kind of cool how do you feel about the whole lightning yeah their jerseys overall have always been kind of just middle of the road but i think they got even more bland recently and so uh -huh. like going back to their old jerseys like this is just, just i think maybe middle of, middle of the road yeah i think it's one of those things where like yeah you you have something you think it's okay then you get something worse and then if you go back to that first something you're like oh this is actually quite good so like that's how it is i'm like oh you know what you just had to give me a more bland lightning jersey and then throw me back to the old one i'm like oh this is great this is good stuff one I, would have, we, I think i think i would have liked yeah. if it was black but i think it, i think that's probably what they reversed from i think these used to be black so yeah. i think they yeah. I think if they had gone to black they would have kind of been in the islanders uh, category where they just wore an old jersey mm -hmm. One that uh, we kind of flip flip of that on that I liked a little more than you did was the Boston Bruins one. I have it in my third tier. You have it in your second one. I mean, I like I love that they brought back Matt Bear. I think that's a big one. We can agree on that. Yeah, um, you know, I think I would I think I'd move them to good. The more I look at it, I like I. It's it's a Boston Bruins jersey. There's nothing crazy other than you know yeah. Matt Bear and that it's and that it's uh, yellow. But again, it's. 
that's a very good jersey. I mean, like the Boston Bruins have great jerseys. So like, it's just kind of like, oh, okay, that's, that's, they didn't ruin it. So that's good. But yeah, it is, it is uh, something where I look at it too. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it's a really middle of the road for me where I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah, this is good, but it's also well, just think, yellow, but it's also I good. I think the fact that they went yellow is what moved it a little higher for me though, is because you just don't see that a ton in the NHL, really bright colored jerseys. So, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. grabbed me, but I get, I get why it's still, you know, my, my criteria are not very uh, consistent because it is very safe and, you know, the same way that some of these other ones that I, I tanked were, I just like the colors a little more in the Mac Bear. Um, let's see who else we have in here that are kind of in our similar range. Uh, we both didn't, didn't dog as hard on the Blue Jackets as some people have. Yeah, some people um, really didn't like these. Yeah, I think that, you know, I get the, well, they look like, um, capitals jerseys a little bit but as you've pointed out in the past uh all blue jackets jerseys have always looked like capitals yeah like do you want do you want them to look like the capitals or do you want them to look like the rangers like yeah that's those are your options i I look at those i look at those um those new york rangers uh reverse retros and i go oh they're the blue jackets now (laughs) like just like uh the and to be fair if you're gonna flip to one of these two and you flip to uh capitals colors like old you know capitals bright bright red navy blue colors um perfect like cool that's those are good colors you should flip to those <laughs> yeah like i get what they're saying it seems like a copy but you copied a good team so and, and a good design and and i i like the old the kind of nasty old weird hockey stick as the j and like a weird starry ribbon making like the yeah. cmb i forgot i, I prefer even forget that, that those logo. were that yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's a good logo, but I think their current one is very boring. I know yeah, their current one is very uh, Dallas Starsy, or just like it's a star. I think they should go to their freaking meth out meth out mascot. Have you ever seen that alternate logo where it's the? Um, I can drop it in the notes here, but it's uh, their their mascot, but in like a civil war attire there. oh like the the oh yeah 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 I have seen just that. be crazy you know I mean oh, why not. I remember that. That's back when I was like young, when I was like, in, yeah. you know, when these were a first team and I was still going to Blues games with my dad or whatever. So I didn't have homework or middle, middle, I say middle age, middle school responsibilities. <laughs> um, and I remember seeing that logo too and be like, this is weird. Yeah. Uh, but now I feel like it's uh, nostalgic, I guess is yeah. the word. Um, middle tier, we put them almost exactly the same place, the Florida Panthers jersey. Uh, I like having the the jumpy cat in the middle there. Yeah, it feels agreed. good. I I know I just talked last episode about how I actually like <laughs> the Panthers uh, current jerseys more than I think most do, and I, I stick I I believe in that. I I still believe that, but uh, it's a nice throwback to a time where Florida was also still irrelevant, but irrelevant in a different jersey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, another team that we both kind of put in the same area is uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. I couldn't decide. I go back and forth sometimes. This one is another one that really gets the tent treatment and the particular photo that they uh, mm-hmm. took of, of the person. So it's a little hard to tell how it looks, you know, in action. Um, but, you know, it's it's hard to make a reverse retro jersey when you have no retro jerseys. I get that. I get that they tried to emulate an old Vegas team, but I don't know old Vegas team, so it means nothing to me. Uh, I've always liked that shoulder patch logo that they made the primary here, so that's fine. It just mm-hmm. feels safe. You know, it's red, which is different for them, so that's cool. I didn't have, I just don't have strong thoughts on this one, I don't think. 
Yeah, it looks kind of gross, but like in a good reverse retro way. And yeah. it also kind of looks like they're wearing a weird, like, you know how you can get like a t-shirt that looks like a tuxedo, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, t-shirt versions of other pieces of clothes. This looks like someone got a t-shirt version or a long sleeve version of um, like a Captain Marvel like uniform on because it's like hey look (laughs) it's like the big star in the middle and you got stripes on the bottom and it looks like you're almost wearing it except it's a t-shirt yeah no you're right i like that uh and we agreed on the ottawa senators being in this range which to me is is very similar sort of like eh, they're fine (laughs) they're uh they're not really the weird thing about this I, i might like them more if they hadn't made that logo their primary again that's yeah, not, exactly. Doesn't really feel like a reverse retro now, but um, yeah, this feels know. more like they just made a red version of their new their new primary. Yeah, but I think that I think they look pretty good. That's so good. Yeah, have a lot of complaints. And uh, where did you end up putting? Looking, scanning, scanning. Oh, you put them even higher than I did. I like that. Uh, the New Jersey Devils. I really like them. You put them at the right at the fringe of your god tier. Um, oh yeah. So tell us, tell me why you like them so much. I They're agree. So hot so hot like um i have a i have a be a pro on like on new jersey in nhl 20 and i like to flip to like old jerseys to wear and i'll flip to like their ones where they're wearing green and everything but the green is the secondary color and it's just so it's just such a small amount you can't even really tell when you're playing in that game that it's green Mm -hmm. it looks kind of black just like a weird off black um but having green as like the primary and stuff on these jerseys looks so nice this is like to me, this is like what Minnesota should go for with those colors. Like you need, and they kind of did for a while, but they need to flip them. Like for a while, they had the circle in the middle and the wild logo, but it was all red everywhere. And then there was like accents of green. It's like, no, man, go all green. Give yourself accents of red. It does look Christmassy, but this one feels a little, like a little different. It's just enough of a different shade for these colors that it doesn't feel as like hometowny and and you know we're part of the mm-hmm. north as minnesota does or whatever as what you know it's <laughs> wild and like look we got trees and shit you know do you know we don't no one else has those um oh, i can't wait to dagger the wild but yeah but i i love these jerseys i think the other thing too is there's enough white on them both in like mm-hmm. their logo and when there's like fat stripes along the bottom and the arms that it feels like it's like three different colors it feels very feels very retro and it's just, I, I don't know, I think it nailed it for me as far as like we took old yeah. jersey, we had old colors, we flipped the old colors, and somehow it still works. I think you've convinced me to uh, move them higher even than I had them. I, I like them. Uh, you didn't you didn't put the Blackhawks on yours because they hadn't put them in the uh, tier no, ranker yet. In there for some reason. And they know. still only had the back, which is a weird angle to photograph uh, the jersey <laughs> from. Uh, I put them at the top of my third tier because I do think they look pretty clean. Uh, have you seen pictures from the front? Yeah, I think they're just that circle logo with the with the. Um, Indian yeah, it's, I mean they're safe. The it's another one where you could definitely ding them for being safe. Uh, they're I safe but think, i like the red shoulders i'm a big yeah. fan i'm a big fan of uh i guess not on every jersey because then i'd feel like it was boring but i do like when some jerseys are playing but then i do like it when some jerseys emphasize like hey we have a like, kind of i don't know what you'd call it, like the sort of shoulder uh stripe or whatever yeah there's just I've, yeah i mean even looking at them now i'm even thinking about moving them higher those just look clean as hell to me <laughs> uh, i like the red uh bordering on the numbers on the back too and on the shoulder mm-hmm. on the arms yeah, you can, just... 
you can hate the Hawks, but they've got some, re- and I mean, and they've had some weird jerseys too because they've been in so many goddamn outdoor games. But <laughs> they they have they're kind of like Brett Favre, you know, where they have like so many jerseys where it's like, well, yeah, they have they're gonna have some really shitty ones because they just have so many. It's like okay, but their good ones are really good. Yeah, the only thing that might have been cool to see is a version of this where that kind of uh, tomahawk uh, Chicago logo was. Yeah, the I do. Piece. I do like that. That'd be so that's, interesting. But I don't know I think, if I've ever seen them use that as a. I think it's like one of those original six things where it's like, yo, man, we cannot, we cannot just like completely take that logo off the front. It's like, yeah. Okay, I got it. We can put a yeah, circle around it. We can make it black and white. We can, you know, <laughs> whatever. We can make them a little more smiley, but we can't do. Oh. We can't do anything else. There's a cool little detail in here that I hadn't noticed is that on this version, the Blackhawks is two words again. Oh. Um, it looks like there's, to me, there seems to be a space between the K and the H. And I that's think there, cool... I, I mean, I know they made the correction not even really that recent in terms of like how long history, hockey history has been going on, but uh, mm-hmm. they, I think these are the oldest ones of all the ones that, um, you know they throw back to i think there's this technically from like a 40s like yeah inspiration so there you go yeah i just like them i just i just think they're cool and that will be all, all any of you will have to hear us praise the blackhawks on this episode <laughs> or hopefully ever so don't don't worry about that um but hey if, if you do it right you do it right um Let's talk about now some of the uh, more maybe controversial ones that we disagree with a little bit, and then we can sort of run through um, to the end and, and kind of talk about, uh, you know, make sure we didn't miss any. Which mm-hmm. one sticks out to you between our two lists as a, as a strong disagreement that you want to fight about? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, a lot of the ones we have on top are kind of the same, just shuffled around a little bit. Yeah, um, I guess we can, what, why don't we just say, you know, I put in my perfection yeah. tier, which is my top tier, I put uh, the Arizona Coyotes, number one, which I will not bend on. We'll talk about <laughs> that in a minute. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings, number two, which you also had them number two. So um, good. I'm thankful that you did because I'm sure there are some people that don't like these, but I do a lot. Uh, I put the, the Splody Horse Calgary Flames as number three, probably too high. Now that I'm looking at them again, but I do. I like do like it. This. I do like it. I was but convinced at first I had them in like good middling and good. And the more I looked down more, I was like, no, these are good. These are much better than good. Yeah. And those, uh, you, you put them at three, I put them at four, but if I moved to Calgary at all, they'd be at three. Those uh, blue and red uh, Montreal Canadiens ones are fine. Uh, I, might have to, I might have to get one. I might have to get some. I might have to get a Gallagher or something. It looks yeah, so good. Oh, dang, those look good. Um, let's talk about, we put them off enough. We should probably highlight them a little bit. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, <laughs> um, the subject of, of much debate on um, the interwebs, the local interwebs, the Twitters um, lately. Uh, I, I'm not going to bend on these. These look fantastic. Uh, <laughs> don't think... <laughs> I don't think I'm being a homer or anything. I, they are gaudy. I get that they're gaudy, but that's the point. Like you're, you know, that I know I've, I've seen a ton of mock-ups for um, other options, you know, on Reddit or whatever, you know, reverse of the, of the arch logo, which to me would have been uh, way too soon to do something like that. And reverse of like way older jerseys, which are basically just whites of the winter classic and stuff like that, you know, um, I just, I, I really like this one. I don't, I get that it's red. 
I get that people don't, you know, people just have a hemorrhage when they see red on a blues <laughs> jersey. But I just think it looks clean. It looks cool. Um, the blue, you know, the blue note is still blue. So they didn't like just totally screw everything up. I think that it's, I think that's what helps it pops with the yeah, red behind it, you know, it yeah. really does. It's just, I don't know. I put them in my top, top tier. You put them in your second tier. I just, I don't see a lot to dislike about the this jersey other than that it's blue um, and people don't think the blues are blue. And I get that, but like, again, that's kind of a dumb argument to me. It's just, <laughs> ah, I just like it. I don't know. I like, yeah. I even like the styling of the throwback blue note with the St. Louis written in it and the red, yellow and yellow piping along the outside. I just, there is nothing I don't like about this jersey. So yeah, that's, I, I enjoyed a lot. Patches too, the shoulder I enjoyed a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, I, I think know, the, I don't know. I think the only thing, the only thing I can uh, level against it, other than obviously like people being like, "Oh, it's red," you know, I don't mind that. So you can take that out. But um, one thing I level against is is just the fact that we had these retro jerseys last year um, mm-hmm. as their original their original color palette. And like, then that's fine that they're that they're back. But I think it would have been an even bigger impact if we didn't have those at all last year. Which yeah. makes me wonder how they decided to do all that. I mean, they got extra, you know, they gained more revenue from from just selling those retro jerseys last year. But it just makes me wonder if this kind of got smashed together. And you know, neither you yeah. know, obviously, this entire line wasn't going to bend to the Blues, but the Blues were also not like, well, we're going to get rid of a jersey. Then they were like, whatever, I guess we'll just do back to back. I'll tell you, I I might even like the Reds more than the last year clown jersey throwbacks. I don't I don't know. I just like the, them a lot. The thing about those clown jerseys is like the better version of the two original ones is the white, is the away, mm-hmm. personally. So I'm always like, yeah, to me it's like the blue's fine, but it's like this I agree this might be the the better version. Again, just because that that yellow or the yellow, that um, red just makes it pop. Yeah, to me it's it if it was again it's it's similar to another one i mentioned earlier maybe the bruins one or somebody if it was just like oh it was the capitals one if they were just like this is our new first jersey i'd be like oh i don't know if oh yeah no 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 but like as a reverse retro as something that is intentionally meant to look kind yeah. of preposterous i really don't mind it that way. that's the other thing is like i'm sure some of these teams with some of their more um you know they have their own logo they're maybe a little more conservative, they might pick these up, you know, and say, you know, we're actually going to use these as a third jersey moving forward. Um, but you know, the blue, I mean, you know, the blues aren't, and it's just like one of those things where it's like, they're, they're going to wear it this year and that, and that'll be that. So like, why not just let it be fun? And, you know, why would it have to be so safe? And I got to tell you, and this is coming from someone that's not a graphic designer as a dad, that was a graphic designer. I don't claim to have like the best eye on anything or whatever, but I got to tell you, in my own opinion, when I see some of the mock-ups people have made for blues jerseys and everyone's like, these are so much better. I'm like, eh, they're, they're pretty, they're, they border on very safe to just like, to almost wacky in another way. I've just seen like weird logos and like, there's like grays on things and stuff. And I'm like, whoa, now we're like, why is it, why is it gray? And like just weird stuff where it's like, now I have like, uh, yellow piping down the sides to that look like arches, and I'm like, okay, no, 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 no. Like we're just reversing an old, an old version. We're not just reinventing or inventing a new jersey. Um, yeah. But anyways, I, I, I like what they did. I'm, I'm not surprised people don't like them, but I like what they did. 
Yeah, the one thing I would say here, uh, just in general, is uh, I know that it's Twitter and you like to have fights about stuff, um, but maybe don't fight about how whether someone likes a jersey or not. You know, if you don't like this one, I'm not like, I don't care. You know, that's your business. But anyway, I just, uh, just I love it. So I was, got, I wanted to go to bat for it. Uh, a few others we should talk about before moving on. Um, the Arizona Coyotes, I already mentioned it. You put them near the end of your good tier. Um, I love them. I think they're perfect. I may buy a Clayton Keller one. I know that they're terrible. Like I object to, I guess, I guess that's why people maybe struggle to understand why I like these so much. I objectively know that they are not good. And that is why I think they are so good. Yeah. You know, like I, I just, I think the colors are unlike, um, anything that I have seen or unlike anything that the NHL has ever done. Um, you know, the cactus and the I wish you liked it so much that you were defining them as colors you'd never even seen yeah, before. I've, I've never, never could comprehend this at all. could happen. Um, the the uh, mountains at the bottom are, are obviously preposterous as is the cactus. I love um, the cactus is what makes it, I think. Yeah. It's just the well, and it adds, I mean, you know, from a graphic design point, they echoed all of the colors in the logo itself, which is just brilliant. The the cactus is just on the tips of the ears are green. That orange is, you know, half of the face. Um, even the um, color of the moon is, is echoed in the white on the face. And then there's that kind of burgundy um, for the eyes that comes yeah. through. So like it's- I it's do love very, that moon logo. That moon logo is sick. Yeah. It's very like conscientious. Um, the one thing I think you can maybe criticize is, is the shoulder patch, which just seems kind of out of place. Um, the little running wizard guy, uh, you know, I feel like you could maybe do that, the moon again there or something. Um, and the only other thing I'd mention is, is it would have been cool to see some sort of throwback to being called Phoenix since that's what they were always called, but for some reason, I guess they hate Phoenix now, so I don't get it. But anyway, they're um, in Glendale. Yeah, decidedly in Glendale or one of those other Dales. Um, um, but I still, I still love them. I still think they're great. I get why people don't, uh, but um, those people are wrong. <laughs> but tell me why you bumped them lower. Yeah, you know, I, I don't mind them at all. I just think, I think maybe the. Or maybe I do mind them. I don't know. Maybe it's like I like how <laughs> ugly they are, but I also don't like how ugly they uh -huh. are. So they're like right down the middle where I'm like, you know what? These are these are fine. These are good. I'm glad. I'm glad they have these. I think what I thought to myself is like, if my team wore something this ugly, would I be happy? And I remember thinking like, I think I'd be like, this is cool, but I'm not happy with it. Or I'd rather have something <laughs> else. But because it's not my team, I'm like, okay, great which is what some of these are. Like uh, if we can talk, I think yours is in the, in your second tier in your buttes category and mine's sort of at the end of the good um, is these ducks jerseys with the, with wild yeah. wing uh, busting out of the ice. And I, I will say that I was wrong. I think it should be even lower than I would have. I, I, I like I've them. I've been souring. I like how, way. how just stupid they are, <laughs> uh -huh. but I agree with Jeff and our when we were texting earlier this week where it's like they Wild Wing is wearing a white jersey on the regular on the original retros 
where the original is teal. And so he's wearing a white jersey. He's against a teal backdrop. He pops out of the jersey. But here, they reversed the colors, but they didn't reverse the colors on his jersey. So he's still yeah. wearing a white jersey, and he's just kind of like fades into the white background and it does almost look like someone sketched it on like the jersey and was like did you you forget to color it and like ah we'll get back to that his point about it looking like an incomplete coloring book page is very accurate yeah so i was um, like oh like you're so close and it's still ugly and i enjoy that and like the lettering on the back is all nasty like the i don't know i don't know what font that is but might as well be like the whatever what's the crappy font everyone makes fun oh, of word uh, uh, comic sans comic sans yeah basically. yeah i'm like it looks like comic sans or whatever and i'm like oh that's so bad it's good again same same thing as the uh the uh arizona jersey me where i'm like oh man if my team was like this is what we went with i'd be like oh jesus but like <laughs> but they didn't and it's a different team so i'm like ah good for you i'm glad someone will be wearing them I actually don't mind the version. There's like a mock-up version on Google that is like an orange primary, so it still keeps oh, the current colors. Okay, this, and he's this... white popping out of that, so that kind of re-emphasizes the point that you were making. Mm-hmm. Your orange. I've transitioned on the color orange. So, I guess I think we've talked about most of these middle ones. I want to say now mm-hmm. we've talked about some of the upper ones. Um, yeah, there are a few we haven't touched that are kind of boring, but go ahead. And yeah, so I have the, free. you have the sharks in, the, in your bottom tier, and I would agree. I was going to put them there, and then I put them in my, like, fourth tier, the sort of math tier, because I was like, well, sharks only have so many designs to throw back to. These are shitty, <laughs> but they were shitty before, so it's like, what, what can you do? So I was like, yeah. I guess that's just all you can do. Um <laughs> And you reverse the colors. Really, really give <laughs> like, the sharks the benefit of the doubt on that. Honestly, they get it. This is the C. This is the C. This is the like. Okay, you did everything we asked. You went back to an old jersey. You flipped the colors. So yeah. well done. I guess I see your point. Yeah. Um, but they used to have on their jerseys up until I don't think they do anymore. Maybe they have a small amount, but they used to have more in like the early two thousands or sorry, the early like twenty tens, late two thousands. They had like more of a orange accent to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved if they would have thrown back to even jerseys from like, even jerseys from like 2005 that had that orange accent and flipped it and given themselves orange jerseys. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they would have looked gnarly, but like orange, like a primary orange and have like teal accents and like the shark too. And you know what, if you want to get crazy with it, make the shark a different color. <laughs> but like, I don't know, for some reason, I'll think of what they could have done and it would have been just nasty and weird. And then I look at what they did do and it's just boring. And it's the submarine shark where he's got like a rounded face and it's just kind of like, oh, God. Yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, it's it's just to me it does nothing. It's just so I don't know. I don't even like the old logo. And I get your point about like what could they have done, but they could have done yeah. something. I'm just like, similar to the, nothing. So yeah, now it just looks like you're just standing there. Similar to another one that we had almost exactly the same divide on. Uh, the Jets didn't end up looking as bad as I thought it could. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still looks bad. <laughs> so it's just. I heard someone at the hockey writers in our Slack channel say that those were the best by far. Uh, well, he said the Jets third jerseys are the best by far. And I don't know if he meant these or uh, the uh, Winnipeg script jerseys. Either oh, way, which he's is all wrong. just unbelievably wrong. But yeah, these just, it feels like, it feels similar to that Jets 
third jersey in which you it's where I'm like, okay, you did this, but should you? <laughs> and I don't <laughs> like I don't get the gray. Like what? Why didn't you do? That's a team that should have probably done like a red. You oh know, yeah. And so, like take the little red accents in the old Jets logo. Um, and and bring those to the front or something, but just anything but this. I don't. Yeah, know. it's the, just terrible. They look they look super clean, like they're just clean across the board. They're not messy, but they're just so bland. Yeah, or it, that they even had the best case for doing just the old jersey thing, because at least in their case, the old jersey is still a new jersey for this team, you know. Yeah. Um, whereas. Um, it just, I yeah, it's, this one just doesn't doesn't do it for me. I don't, I don't even know where the gray came from. Like, I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> so I put them uh, squarely in my "this is an affront to the eyes of God" tier. Um, <laughs> another one. Uh, I feel like we passed over the Kings real quick, um, but those look fine. Yeah, those look uh, so good. The purple, and purple, gold. purple's got to come back to this league. Yeah, oh, more please. purple, please. Um, I know we I know we already said that, and I don't have a ton to elaborate on. But uh, one that did just kind of go the way of let's just have an old jersey, but it works because um, it's not their current jersey. And in fact, they use some gray on it, which I don't think they would have had before. Is the uh, Hartford Whalers version of the um, Carolina Hurricanes jersey? Uh, this is another one where I think you know it, it might be even cooler if we had seen them use some. Uh, whalers stuff recently you know but mm -hmm. um what, what do you think about this one we had them in, in kind of similar spaces i think yeah we had them in like the the second tier i think they're really good i've always liked those jerseys i think the logo the hartford whalers logo is like it's almost depressing that like they had to turn into the carolina hurricanes it's like one of the best logos period uh -huh. but just how much is going on there and they and now that doesn't get to be used except now it is because they're bringing it back um and I think it's nice that they went with the gray because they had the throwbacks for one or two games, like a couple seasons ago where they were the green mm -hmm. and everything. And I, yeah, I mean, I like, I like it overall. I, it's kind of to me sort of like Canucks, old Canucks jerseys, um, or I guess like not old, but slightly older Canucks jerseys where I really love those colors. Yeah. And there was actually some gray in the old Hartford yeah, jerseys yeah. too. So that didn't really come out of nowhere. Um, the one thing the NHL always does when they debut new jerseys that I never get is they never show you the whole kit, um, know. With, you know, pants and, and, and socks and everything. And, and that could definitely like flavor my opinion on a lot of these, especially these ones that are kind of in the middle tiers. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll be interesting as we start to see them, you know, in action a little bit to maybe come back and revisit this some, but um a few more we'll talk about and then uh, move on to the misery index. Um, the Dallas Stars one, uh, you put it at very last. I put it at the end of boring just because it met those criteria a little more to me. But I get why you moved it uh, this low. So why don't you go ahead and skewer it? Yeah, it's just they I knew what jersey they wanted. because like I recognized the, the I recognized the year on the uh, uh on the teaser trailer and I was like oh that'll be cool and then it wasn't cool because like they're just doing the giant stars jersey where it's like a giant star on the entire jersey cool and they're doing the old Dallas logo great but like why is it all white like why like well it's like it's all grayish white and then for yeah. some reason they put 
a white like just splotch behind where it says Dallas Stars to like make that stand out a little more, but it just looks awful and out of place. And now that I'm looking at it even closer, yeah, it should be lower. It should. And be my problem is too here. is they gonna how much white? Are the, I, this is the one I thought about the kit on a lot. I was like, how much white are they gonna have? Yeah, are they gonna do like the white, white gloves and white whatever? And I'm like, oh no, this doesn't work. They better guys. do green pants and gloves. Yeah, like this doesn't thing. work. Um, um, I guess I mean, if. The, this is one that might be able to be salvaged a little bit if they do do yeah. the, the rest of the kit right, but not a ton. It's still pretty. I bad. just feel like they could have done something. They could have done it differently. Like they could have done green on the inside because, like, it was the the jersey they're doing was white, or like the the one that people think about is white on the inside and then green on the outside of the star that they're doing the outline of. They should have done green on the inside and had the like the white accents. Would that have looked? I think that would have looked kind of derpy, but I think that would have looked better. Um, and the fact is they had their, what is it? Their winter classics they had last year were really great. I love those. Um, I really like, I enjoy their Tron looking jerseys they debuted, uh, or that are coming out this year. I've, I've warmed on those personally. Yeah. They're the ones they currently have as their home and aways are fine. Like, I don't think the logo is great, but I like, I kind of like their, their Blackhawks design of you all with their stripes and everything. So this mm-hmm. one to me felt like you just flip the colors, it will look great. You could go to doing the Mooderus. You could have gone Mooderus with this. You could have gone to the one where it was like the Taurus like logo on it for whatever reason. And it Ooh, looks like yeah. a uterus, uh, but it's not, it's a Mooderus. Um, <laughs> they could have gone that way. Why, oh God, you, you screwed up. I know they didn't want to. I get that's probably like no one like those jerseys I'm sure down uh-huh. there. Um, but oh God, those have been better. <laughs> and then for me, yeah. like, to the side of them it's like the red wings to me gave me their away jersey like and i get oh, there's God, a little yeah. silver on it and i get they're like it's kind of like our winter no, classic it's, jersey it's disaster but it's just it's so blah it's just, i put it at the end of my boring tier it was a mistake it's, it's I, know, bad. I know like again, i was trying to like, be nice <laughs> they aren't i mean because they're it's hard because there's nothing objectively wrong with it yeah and you can't Unlike, do too to much with the, them yeah the, because they're red and they're white what can you do mm-hmm. but it's yeah you could have you could have done something you could even <laughs> you could have gone back to the the script d that they did for like an outdoor game or mm-hmm. something it just feels like they just said here's our away jersey we stripped it of even we stripped it of more of the red there's less red on it and we gave it like some silver accents and i'm just kind of like this doesn't feel like anything to me yeah, yeah, it's 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 nothing. Um, and then, and then got, real quick, yeah. Before we rip any more jerseys, I have, I got to flip up because we forgot or whatever. My top jersey is that Buffalo Sabers jersey. That to me, like hit hit everything. They grabbed an old jersey that is like kind of nasty, like the red the red and black they had for the this old Sabers cross swords jersey. It's kind of nasty. They took that. They flipped the colors. They have the, it's just a gross, it's like, it's a cool design and it's gross. This is one of those things where if, <laughs> um, if you were designing this, like stop, like just stop at some point and they're like, no, 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 we're going to keep going. <laughs> they're like, we have the, we have the cross savers. Great. We've got the new, the new colors on it look great. So that's, that's just different. But they're like, we got the, bu- the angry Buffalo hat. And we're like, all right, I don't like, that doesn't really go with the sabers look. Like, like they're both kind of like just different art designs but cool and they're like we're putting this weird buff angry buffalo font on the 
line at the bottom on the you know of the jersey it's like no 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 stop 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 and they're like we haven't this is the jersey and, and we're putting angry buffaloes on the shoulders too yeah it's just like the it's 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 uh the original design is just kind of just kind of not great but that's what i want people to flip back to is like a not great design mm -hmm. with the colors on it and they did and the thing of it is there are parts of that i do think are actually like for me objectively great where i do like that main that main logo they have on it. i do like those colors that they brought back for it you know the the yellow and the the royal blue so like to me it just fit the criteria so much um slightly better than the kings and the halves just because both those jerseys i kind of like the design already or whatever you know on the regular mm -hmm. colors so i'm like oh you did you did perfect but these guys picked a nasty jersey and they actually improved it too yeah no you know what you've convinced me i had them a little lower they i started as putting them kind of alongside um you know the nordiques abs one is like this is just a uh you know, this is just a, a safe version, but I think you've convinced me. The more I look at it up close to it, it's nice. I love the little angry shoulder patch buffaloes. I miss those. I miss that logo. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think you've convinced me. I think it's safe. I, or it's it's safe, but it's it's good. You know, it's still kind of bold, even though it's, mm. it didn't you know go crazy in any way. Oh, I think. I think... Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you I was just ahead. like, I'm, you know, the only thing that I would have been interested in is some sort of, of of the actual old red and black colors but that would have been that would have been a lot more risky you know to mm. actually go down that route so i love I their new colors their new colors are perfect uh literally you know perfect to me pretty much um so i had no problem putting those in this kind of old context and 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 reshuffling it a bit yeah how do you feel about the i think the only one we missed in the middle that I can see is how do you feel about the Vancouver jerseys? Yeah, man, I go back and forth on these. There's sometimes I think I really like them. And then other times I'm like, nah, uh, bro. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I, I love, I think I like, I like the gradient effect, except that it's not right for the rest of the jersey. Like it, the fact that it kind of ends in the middle of the Canuck makes you sort of lose that, at the actual gradient part of it yeah so it's it almost sort of more like a, a green jersey and then a like a blue jersey um mm -hmm. i think if they made the blue a little brighter that could have that could have been disastrous i'm not sure i'm not certain <laughs> that it would have been great um but uh you know i think it uh, I, just, I go back and forth there are times when i really like it and there are times when i don't i think Good on them to have the very pointy, very, very 90s, 2000s pointy V uh, sleeves. Um, you know, those mm -hmm. are those just screen. It's, it's funny. I don't think I think of, of the 90s as being very distinct design wise. You know, when I when like you look back at the 80s or 70s and think about fashion back then. But then I see something like that and I'm like, oh, boy. Um, yeah, that's yeah. super 90s. Um, the only thing I, I would have loved to see a concept of like the skate jersey in their modern colors, agreed, something agreed. like that. Which this I concept think that would have been great. on on, uh, on Google Images isn't actually super great, um, but they also stuck with the gradient, so that may be clouding things. Uh, but they did just bring back the skate jersey last year, and and as far as I know, they may even be keeping it as a third. So I get why they didn't maybe want to go with that. Uh, I I like the Orca logo. I always, I used to kind of dislike it. I like it more in these colors. Um, mm. 
but I think that, you know, the whole C and the, you know, the breaking out of the ice effect of it is, is pretty cool. So yeah, I just, I can't decide, which is why I ended up putting them pretty, pretty much squarely in the middle. Um, I, I don't, I can't say I hate it and I can't say I love it. So it's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts that you wanted no. to add to that? No, I think you covered most of what I thought. I would have liked that flying skate, but you're right. They mm-hmm. kind of have that already as their third. So kind of a different design. Yeah. Uh, and and those those logos are better than their current logos. Both of those logos are better than their current primaries. So mm-hmm. um, that I, I think we agree on. Let's, uh, the one we haven't touched on, I put him even lower than you. Uh, Minnesota did everything wrong to me. Every aspect of this is wrong. I think it, <laughs> I think basically if, if I rewound the tape, if I had this kind of technology, um, if I rewound the tape and took everything you said about um, the uh, Buffalo Sabres um, jersey and just reversed everything you said, I think that's why this pisses me off so much. It's like they took they took an old, they didn't take an old jersey. They took a current jersey and then they just applied old colors to it, except that old colors they didn't even use in any kind of interesting way. So it just kind of looks like puke. And I just, I hate it so much. I hate it even more as I look at it now. Because we we have, when we talked about it yesterday, we had, or yesterday, um, not that we recorded this podcast before, uh, but that's not even what I'm referring to. When we talked about it last week, uh, we had that design that had the old kind of North Stars N as an M um, instead. And I was really high on it. And I was like, yeah, they should totally go with this um, as like a primary thing because I'm not a big fan of that wild logo. Uh, but um, what they landed on with the wild logo just yellow and green. I just hate, I hate everything about this so much. And it's Packers colors, like it's very distinctly Packers colors, which would make sense if they were the Milwaukee wild, but they're not. It's just, there's nothing I like about this at all, personally. So I you, will stop talking. Why don't you tell me? What do you think you, about, what do you think about this jersey? Oh, what'd you drop in? Where's he at? <laughs> Now I can't unsee it. That is it. what it is. That is what it is. It is a subway jersey. Uh, Ian pasted a, into the notes a picture of the exact same jersey, except with subway just edited over the uh, the <laughs> wild logo, and that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. I like the North Stars colors. I wish they still existed. Like I wish someone was using these. Someone can use these, you know. Um, uh-huh. And I get that they. I get that they probably, even though they had. Um, they probably can't use the North Star logo because Dallas owns it, but they did have like, um, when they had played an outdoor game, what is it? What am I thinking of? When their old people played it, their veterans, their retirees, their Hall of Famers played a game. Uh, they got to wear old North Star jerseys that were like new. Um, so somehow they've been able to use the, the North Stars logo before. And yeah, I just don't, this is what I feared was going to happen with the Avs. Um, mm-hmm. I feared they were just going to say, you know what, same, you know, different design or like old design, old uh, colors, even like for the for the wild. But hey, guess what? We're doing the same logo. Sorry, not going to not going to use that old logo. I thought maybe yeah. Carolina was going to do that and be like, hey, Whalers colors, but the Carolina logo. And I was like, I do not. I need you to go. I need you to flip the switch. I don't want it to be in the middle. <laughs> I don't, I, that's too. Yeah, that's too gross and weird. 
Um, maybe yeah. if everyone did that, but not everyone is a, a, you know, team that got moved or a different franchise or whatever, but yeah, they're just, I can't do the wild logo um, in those colors. And I also feel like it just highlights to me. I think it's because the look, the Jersey overall is very straightforward. There's not a lot going on there, but then the logo itself, there's a lot going on, which I get is their whole point, but like they clash to me. They, it's like, look at this weird fancy S logo in the middle. Um, and then everything else here is just like something you design on like NHL 20 or whatever. I also know. just like, I don't, I know there are people who are high as a kite on that wild logo and I have just never gotten it. There are logos that like, like if you will look up the, or I can paste it in the notes, the Washington state university logo, um, is kind of the opposite of that to me. It's like kind of what they were going for, but so much better because uh, the Washington State University logo, pasting it over Subway here, is a, a, a cougar, mm. which is what they are, but like the letters are WSU, which it took me until like I was a, a very full grown adult to realize that that's why they look like that. Um, and I love logos that like creatively use negative space like that. But to me, the wild logo is like pretending that it's doing that, but it's really just putting a lot of crap in one space. You know, like it, it, they started with the the cat outline, which doesn't even really relate to anything that they are or do. And then they put a bunch of crap in it to make it look like a, a wilderness display, you know? So like, to me, it just, it's it's kind of a hat on a hat. It's like not really doing anything effectively. Uh, to begin with and then to put it in these colors where you remove because the the original wild logo is four colors their current logo is three I think with the with the reverse retro and the three aren't even all that distinct um, no it's just yeah it's well it's three and a white yeah counting the white it's three and so it's I don't know it just loses everything to me I'm just not I just hate it. I really, really hate this jersey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it fuels my hatred towards Minnesota because once, as they always do, and as they always will do, it's never going to change. They just, they tried to be safe and they ended up being boring and bad. And that's just, that's just their lot in life, which really is kind of a perfect transition uh, to the uh, misery index here. Um, so are you ready to move on? I guess real quick, let me go through. In your uh, God tier, you had the Sabres, Kings, and uh, Montreal Canadiens. In my perfection tier, uh, I had the Coyotes, Kings, uh, Splody Horse Flames, and the Canadians, as well as the Blues. Uh, you put the Blues in your awesome tier, along with the Devils, the Oilers, the Whalers, and the Splody Horse Flames, and I put them, um, I put the uh, Whalers, Nordiques, Avs, and uh, Ducks, and Sabres in that tier. I should have put the um, New Jersey in that tier. The more I look at it, uh, the more wrong I'm convinced I was. And then in your bottom tier, gross, you had uh, Devil, or Red Wings, and um, stars and i had jets wild sharks and islanders so we'll we'll tweet those out at you guys one cup 
all letters if you don't follow us there i would be astounded if there are people who listen to this that didn't find us through twitter but i guess it's possible <laughs> um so you know found us on our blog spot yeah that's right uh wordpress still a thing yeah i use it every day for work it's just it's depressing um Let's talk about the Misery Index. This is uh, one of my favorite episodes of the year, probably second only to uh, the Prospect Pyramid in terms of, you know, episodes that we have a a basic idea for what they're going to be in advance. Um, The concept of the Misery Index, this is from last year's, uh, you know, notes word for word, is basically this. If someone waved a magic wand and forced you to 100% swap the boys with another team. You just had to pick another team from the top down, ownership, arena, including players, prospects, and personnel. Who would you most like to trade with? And who would you least like to trade with? Who would be the most miserable team to inherit uh, if you were forced to abandon the boys? And this this year we did rank the boys uh, because I think you know it, it, it's better to kind of look at it from a neutral position. Um, but things to consider are the owner, uh, we don't put that a very high um, emphasis on that. It's mostly a problem for the teams uh, where it's a problem, um, you know. So, and and usually those teams are already lower to begin with. General manager, uh, players, and salary cap structure, and uh, the pipeline and prospects are are probably the two biggest. You know, if they if they have a great cap structure, great prospects, and a great current team, they're going to be high. And if they're bad on all those things, obviously they're going to be low. Uh, coaching and other personnel as well factor in there a bit. Uh, things we typically don't consider as much is recent history. So if you're a team that won a, a Stanley Cup, um, you know, in 2016 or whenever, we're not going to feature you highly because um, we're talking about going forward with this team. So what do we care? You know, so um, mean, you know, it's it's more about going forward and um, not backwards and, and looking at, at what's to come. Um, so uh, we don't consider that and we won't consider the mascot. So as uh, with last year, the uh, Flyers don't get a bump for having gritty. Um, and kind of the overall point of our doing this is to get a general sort of temperature on the health of every NHL team, looking at their strengths and weaknesses and who's set up for long-term success. So it's kind of like our overall ranking uh, for the year of, of our teams, you know, but it's got a little bit of a longer term view rather than just a straight, you know, um, ranking prediction. Um, and I will just, I will just freely admit that in, in that, vein i tend to favor uh potential for a bright future over an over an existing accomplished team i think some people will be really surprised by some of the teams that ended up way lower in our rankings um because they're they're objectively good teams right now um but it's just it's just how i enjoy sports i'd always rather be thinking hey this team is set up for a lot of long-term success than i am like with the Blues right now, wondering like, hey, are they going to be bad real soon? <laughs> you know, so we'll talk about that. Uh, any notes you want to point out, uh, Ian, before we dive in? No, let's do it. All right. Last year's rankings had the Colorado Avalanche as the number one team, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Toronto Maple Leafs at two and three, the Rangers at four, the Boston Bruins at five, the Washington Capitals at six, the New Jersey Devils, Calgary Flames, Dallas Stars, Montreal Canadiens rounded out the top bottom uh, of the top 10. And then in the middle, you had the Knights, Predators, Jets, Hurricanes, Coyotes, Panthers, Sharks, Penguins, Canucks, and Sabres. Uh, 21th place was the Islanders. Did I say 21th? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
the Philadelphia Flyers in 22nd place, the uh, Blackhawks and Oilers and Columbus Blue Jackets 23 through 25, the Anaheim Ducks, and then in the truly miserable space, the uh, Detroit Red Wings, the Los Angeles Kings, the Ottawa Senators, and the Minnesota Wild. Ian, uh, last year our number one team was the Colorado Avalanche. Why don't you take a few minutes to tell us who our number one team is this year? I'll take two seconds. <laughs> the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, I don't, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, they looked very good last year, obviously, but I'm surprised we kept them. We had them at number one and we're keeping them. I don't know why we're keeping them at number one. They already have a great core uh, with McKinnon and Landeskog and Rotten and Kadri and Makar, and they added Saad and Taves. Uh, not, when you say Saad and Taves, you think of two particular people, but it's Brandon Saad and Devin Taves. Um, <laughs> But this team, I mean, this team stacked, uh, you know, their prospect pool, according to Corey Promen, who we're going to, we're going to sort of lean on as far as like the prospect pool rankings goes is, is ninth out of 31 teams. And so for a, a team that, uh, you know, and a team that's pretty young, they still have prospects coming down the line. Granted, what I also have to say as a caveat, Corey Promen's uh, prospect pool rankings also include players that have played on the team uh, for maybe even like, you know, full season or half a season at this point, but he's, he basically for this year included anyone that was 22 and younger. Um, yeah. So in some cases, as we'll talk about, it'll include players that have played for three or four seasons, like Austin yeah, Matthews yeah. on the uh, Maple Leafs because he still happens to be under 22. Yeah. So, 20, so I was say, he is 22. So just the prospect just pool for, the prospect pool for Colorado is probably a little bit lower, but still, even if it's middle of the pack, that's pretty good for a team that's competing right now. And I mean, you've mm-hmm. got young guys like McCarr there. You've got McKinnon who's on a sweetheart deal and will still be there afterwards. Lendeskog, Rotman's there for a long time. It's just, they have, uh, I forgot to even mention, they have um, Grubauer and that who looks like, I mean, probably would have been the difference last year if he didn't go down and was hurt, you know? Um mm-hmm. They, they just have a stack team. I like their coach, who's, whose name I now completely have forgotten. Um, oh, uh, not just Echo, the other one, Bednar, yeah. Gerard Bednar. Yeah, Bednar. I love Bednar. He seems to have like the pulse of that team. They, never, they haven't quit on him yet, which I think is relatively impressive for how long he's been there now. Um, and Sackick has gone from honestly a joke of a GM <laughs> to King ever since he made uh, that Duchesne trade. Some, some switch flipped. And now he's he's just been making amazing amazing moves, things that have been able to solidify this team. And uh, I think for the next, like, guarantee you for the next at least three or four years, their cup window is wide open, uh, barring any sort of like odd trade here, their injury or something like that. Um, I honestly thought they were going to go out and get Taylor Hall for like a one year deal, a couple of year deal, and I thought that was just going to like blow the roof off the place. Um, but I think even just having Sod and Taves there now is fantastic. They're they're a team that, and we can talk about this, I guess, probably next episode or in some episode, but they're a team that is in our division currently that might not be in our division next season. And mm-hmm. I will be totally fine with that. Yeah, I'm not going to be upset. Uh, yeah, this is, this is just a lethal team. Like, I heard some people go, Colorado and Dallas, they're, you know, it's, they're scary. And I was like, Dallas is a good team. But Colorado, I honestly feel like I wouldn't lump those two together. Dallas is very good, and Colorado is just like a whole step ahead of them. Yeah. Yep. I agree with everything you just said. I think, you know, they're just, they're the team. I can't imagine any team in the NHL right now that wouldn't gladly swap 
top to bottom with the Colorado Avalanche. I made a tier list of this just because it was fun to kind of see where I saw like the divides, you know, between great and good and fine and, you know, bad and, and awful, um, which I can drop at the bottom of the notes here in a minute. But um, I would almost put them a tier ahead of even the other two teams I ended up putting in tier one. I just, I maybe I'm even too high on the Avalanche, but like what, What's to criticize there? I mean, I guess the the only question you can even ask about this team is um, Gabriel Landeskog, I think, is a free agent after this year. Mm -hmm. And so you can say like, well, you know, are they going to keep their captain or are they going to overpay for him? But listen, like, I I think I like Gabe Landeskog a lot. I think he's great. Um, And, you know, he's obviously a very solid forward, but he is not one of the top I would say four or five most important players on this team at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I, again, I, I never want to just over overlook the impact of a captain, but I'm also always on the side of, of tending to underemphasize it. Um, and when you look at a team that also has McKinnon uh, and Rantanen and Nazem Kadri and um you know, on that, on defense, it's got um, Devin Taves now and, and Kale McCarr, and it's going to have Bowen Byram coming up and, and Martin Kautz, another prospect that can come up and be a forward. Like they're not a team that could, can't possibly stand to lose Gabriel Landeskog. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of their biggest question right now is like, well, Landeskog and, and Saad and Grubauer are all free agents after the year. And I, I don't think they're like, if they lost all of those guys, they would just have 13 more million dollars to play with. And I wouldn't feel like they were a much weaker team. So I just, mm-hmm. I, 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 there's literally nothing I can criticize about the avalanche, except that they let Joel Kiwi Ranta score a hat trick and knock them out in double overtime. If it came seven last year, you know, like that's, that's about it. And unless that becomes a couple more seasons where they continually choke in the playoffs, um, that's really all I could say negative about them. The New York Rangers, uh, this is, you know, this is probably where you can start to see mine and, and I think your uh, bias of looking to the future a little more than the present um, because of, of who they're right above here. Um, but their current list of players here, I mean, talk about this a little bit because I think this is a team that you kind of think about it as rebuilding um, and they are, I mean, they still sort of are, but it's basically done. So why don't you, why don't you talk about who's there uh, right now? And yeah, this is sort of, recognize that this is a team that's very actively a good team. Yeah. This is a team that like, I think has pretty much its core there. And if anything just needs like maybe a couple of veterans or maybe like uh, to solidify like a bottom six, I suppose, or something like that. But other than that, they have like their pieces there. Uh, they've got Panarin, which pretty much like, kickstarted this entire uh, rebuild in the high gear because if you got Artemi Panarin you're kind of like not even really rebuilding anymore you are but you're not <laughs> you have Mika yeah. Zibanejad you got Chris Kreider Howden Kako Busnevich uh, Fox and Lindgren on defense you have Jack Johnson um, you know but whatever uh, and then you have uh, Lafreniere now that you that you drafted this year and it's it's just such a stacked team and it's a very young team too i mean zabanajad's not even that old uh Kreider's not necessarily even that old they're kind of maybe in their more of their primes of panarin too but you have kako and busnevich fox lindgren lafreniere they're all young they're all coming up um the cory province of their prospect pools first obviously a lot of those young guys are are being included in that but they do still have a lot of prospects uh coming down the pipeline 
though that aren't actually on this team yet. So it's they're they're pretty stacked moving forward. Um, they also have Gorgiev and uh, Shosturkin there between the pipes, and you, you're surprised that Henrik Lundqvist isn't there. But again, that's one of those things where they could. He's still a good goalie, and they are well off enough already that they don't necessarily need him anymore. Um, I think management pulled the shoot at the right time a couple of years ago when they sent out that letter to their fans saying, hey, we're going into a rebuild. That was very smart of them. They didn't decide to hold on for a couple more years to see, yeah, oh, here's what do we got? What do we got? I think they made the playoffs like the year prior to that. So they didn't do the whole yo-yo of like, oh, we missed, but we're going right back in next year. Don't worry, guys. They said, nope, that was it for us. So I, I you know, I really think that was a, a very mature move for them. And that's, you know, hats off to them for doing that. And I think it's, it's done well, obviously, given their current lineup and what they have coming, that they they did that. And it just so happens that I really like the New York Rangers and I like Artemi Panarin. And it's it's a team that I don't know. I don't know if they, to me, they are the one, what am I trying to say? The one downside, I think, is they're maybe not the most defensive team. So I think that's where you might see some moves moving forward to kind of make this a more well-rounded team. Because right now it definitely feels like a, more of a fly by the seat of your pants team and that's fun and that's kind of what happens with teams when you're rebuilding I mean you'd love to rebuild from the goal and with your d and everything like that but it's like sometimes if the best four or you know the best players when you're drafting and you're rebuilding are forwards and you've got the capital and the cash that uh, New York Rangers have and the clout and everything you can go out and get Artemi Panarin in the middle of your rebuild because he wants to play there he doesn't care that you're rebuilding um, and then he just makes it that much better I think I think they've just done everything right as far as a rebuild. If you're going to say Colorado has done like everything right as a team with the window currently wide open for them, then I think the New York Rangers are just a step behind as a team that's been doing everything right and is, is almost there. Yeah, I just, I, I'm a big, a big believer that um, pulling, pulling the shoot, uh, to use the phrase you, I think, perfectly used on a rebuild at the right time is the hardest thing um, to do in sports. And it is the most critical to long-term success. I think it's something that Doug, uh, Doug Armstrong did right. You know, I think we saw, he didn't ever really come out and publicly say uh, we're rebuilding, but we saw two years in a row where he was willing to trade a critical pending free agent at the deadline, even though his team was a playoff team. Uh, because he recognized that they weren't good enough, you know, and they weren't going to get over that hump without adding and growing their depth. And, you know, look, a couple of years later, it was unorthodox the way they did it, but they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, I think the Rangers did that better and more openly than but just about any team I've ever watched or seen. Um, and full credit to them for that. I think there's nothing to criticize, you know, the same sort of thing. I think their defense is a little more suspect, like you mentioned. Um, but I love Adam Fox. I think Jacob Trub is good. I think, you mm -hmm. know, they're kind of missing that maybe sort of centerpiece defenseman. Um, you know, maybe to me a little bit of a surprise um, that they didn't go out and make the play uh, for Petrangelo this year, because I think that would have just been the icing on the cake there. But maybe they think Truba is that guy. I don't know. I'm not totally convinced, but his contract is very team friendly. Uh, it's eight million, which I think is too much uh, for Jacob Truba, but he's 26 right now and it'll be done uh, in six years. So they're not going to have to deal with any, you know, really hardcore aging from him. Uh, the Tony D'Angelo contract's a little brutal because he's a, a point guy, but he kind of sucks defensively. Um, but 
you know, yeah, you can criticize the defense, but this is a team that wasn't supposed to be where it is this quickly. Obviously, they won a draft lottery. They shouldn't have probably won considering they were technically a playoff team. Um, but, I mean, he's they got a, a real gem in Lafreniere to cap off uh, what was already a strong build, rebuild that you thought was capped off by Cap Okaka. How many times can I say cap? in one sentence um and uh there's just nothing there's nothing that i don't love about them so yeah they're another team uh that i think is just set to be dominant for the next decade and i could i could very legitimately see us watching multiple avalanche rangers finals that's how good i think these two teams have the potential of being so uh we'll see you know hockey is changing very quickly all the time and and the flat cap stuff is going to screw with some teams the the one criticism you could make against the rangers is that for a team that's still rebuilding uh they are pressed up against the cap pretty hard um but some of that you know is, is going to come off over time um you know their their Shat, shattenkirk buyout is eating uh six million this year and the lundquist buyout is eating five million and those both drop into the ones next year so that's you know 10 million basically in, in dead space that they get to clear off um you know if you if you look at them beyond this year um they've got 27 million dollars in cap space next year and 51 the year after that so they're not really in any trouble there and the cap as we've talked about in the past uh probably isn't going to just kind of trickle out when it's when it's freed up again when it's not flat again it's probably going to explode um so you know i think they're set uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning obviously just won the Stanley Cup. I know we talked about not including that. We aren't really, but I mean, there's no no team positioned right now uh, to compete for another Stanley Cup better than them, as nearly as I can tell. Uh, one of the reasons they weren't this high, they were ranked, um, where were they ranked last year? Well, they were two last year, so never mind. Um, but, it, you know, I think one of the things we talked about last year was, well, if they continue to struggle in the playoffs, they can move down. Uh, because maybe this team just doesn't have it, but now we know they have it. Yeah, it was the bubble. You can make some uh, critiques there, but they did it. Uh, they overcame moving, losing Steve Iserman, as you pointed out in these notes. Uh, tell us why you like the uh, Lightning so much, and I, you know, I agree. Yeah, they. Uh, I mean, like you said, they just won the cup, and they're pretty much poised to to be top contenders for it again. And the next couple of years, just because they have guys like Kucherov and Point and Stamkos all on longer deals. They have Sorelli and Kalorn and Hedman, McDonough, Sergeyev, Vasilevsky. It's all, I mean, it's all, these are all amazing players for them. Um, I think one of the things is you got to give credit to their GM, Julian Breesbach, for, yeah, not, not screwing up what Eisenman essentially built for him, which it seems like a lot of uh, GMs inherit good teams and then win cups. So you always got to tip your hat to the guy that came before you. But I, he also went out of his way to uh, bring in Maroon last summer. He traded for Coleman. He grabbed Bogosian after the Sabres sent him down. Like he got some some more uh, physical pieces to kind of complement this team. And it's one of the cases where it actually worked. Like there's lots of times where guys are like, oh, our team lost because we're just not tough. And they go off and they like mm -hmm. overcorrect. But I think the best thing he did really was um, kind of correct through the season almost, you know, rather than go out in the off season and do a bunch of moves to, to just mess with the team. He like got maroon and then he saw that they still might need Coleman. They got Bogosian just because it was, you know, an opportunity that they had to do. And I think they did, he did an excellent job with that. I think the big question for him though now and for the Lightning overall is they have a really good core. They'll still be good even if they 
lose certain players, but they do have to figure out how to get um, Sergeyev and Sorelli signed. Probably only one of them if they don't make a trade of any kind, because they have three only uh, three million dollars under the cap to play with, and both of those players are going to be making at least that much alone um, easily. And so we'll see what happens. They put Tyler Johnson on waivers. No one grabbed him. And that's just one of those like weird, they'll move somebody. They finally kind of have to, they've almost said this every year with this team is like, they have so many good players and because they're in Florida, they can sign players for a little bit less because there's no income tax. And that's somehow how they keep all of them when, or they take team friendly deals, but they finally have sort of hit up against a cap problem and especially with the COVID going on and everything that they just, they, they can't quite squirm out from under this time. They're going to have to lose somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, they, they will. I'm just not convinced how much it's going to matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the they're... thing. You lose one of those guys and it's still a fantastic team. Yeah. So, I mean, they're a team that, you know, is it's, it's hard to tell exactly whether they're going to, um, you know, whether they're at the top of the cliff and start of sort of start of looking sort of starting to look at the downslope, uh, or whether they're just gonna have to adjust a little bit, but they have always seemed to be uh, voodoo magic practitioners as far as the salary cap is, is concerned. Um, and uh, I don't know that I see that changing. A team that is not a voodoo, uh, salary cap practitioner and and i'm not convinced we'll be this high if there's a team i'm i'm most bearish on that's ranked pretty highly as it currently stands uh it's the vegas golden knights they're fourth now uh this is obviously a team that is very good on paper their fans have never known a time when they weren't very good um stone and petrangelo are you know a great top forward and top defenseman uh Shay Theodore is is very good as well. They've got a lot of good complementary forwards. Uh, Fleury and Lanier should, by all accounts, be the best goaltending duo in the league. But one they're paying twelve million for for the next two years, and and I don't see anyone volunteering to take that Fleury contract unless they eat at least half of it. Um, are Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee good? I don't know, Ian. I really. I don't, I can't get a re obviously they did something here that nobody that was unprecedented in terms of building a, um, a expansion team that is a top contender right out of the gate. And they've set an, a completely unreasonable um, threshold for teams like the Seattle uh, Kraken to try and meet. Um, but I'm still not convinced they're the team. I'm not convinced they're the GMs I'd want going forward. They keep making huge long salary cap commitments. And I worry that they're kind of tinkerers uh, in the sense that like every time that they don't win a cup, they're going to be convinced that they have to change the formula something a little bit. Um, and, you know, that's why Petrangelo ended up there. And listen, you know, it, I, there's, a, there's definitely devil's advocate an argument for exactly what McCrimmon said, where like Petrangelo is the type of guy that you shouldn't expect to hit free agency, <coughs> Doug. Uh, but, um, but uh, you know, so you have to go pursue him when he's there. I get that too. And Stone was sort of similar, but I'm just not convinced uh, that they are in a long-term healthy position. And I think they have certainly, this team has lost its lovable misfits aesthetic. Um, 
And I'm not sure that's a good thing. I, I know it's not a good thing in terms of my liking them, which I, I don't particularly anymore, which is, you know, a little bit personal because of the Petrangelo stuff. But um, I'm not convinced it's even a good thing for them because they really fucked with that locker room uh, with during the Petrangelo negotiations and kind of gave them several days of wondering, like, who's who's going to go and everybody's name was in the rumors and and Marsha show and, and, and uh, um, Flurry and other guys all are sitting there now feeling like they're not someone this team really wants because, you know, they were, they were at least rumored to be on the move. Alex Tuck is another guy rumored to be on the move because of Petrangelo. And it's just, I'm not sure. I, this is the team. If, when I look at this and they were a lot lower looking back last year, they were 11th, uh, maybe for similar reasons, they were a lot lower than, I would have expected them to be before and I could see them being back down there if they don't if they don't pretty much win a cup or get to a conference final this year and really show that like the mix they've got right now is ready to contend for a couple of years I don't know how they can maneuver out of where they are and and you know that that worries me about them long term yeah I don't they they are the most poised, I feel like, to go on a cup run and win a cup out of a lot of these mm-hmm. teams just because they're so stacked. But like you said, it's like, what's behind them? What's behind this group? And this group is there for a long time and old and there for a <laughs> lot of money. It's just kind of this big thing where like this team has to win now or it's going to be or, or they don't win now. And it's just going to be bad. It's just going to be a dark time no matter what in like three or four years, I feel like. Um, could be sooner as people kind of see the writing on the wall, but it's just like they have their they have their chance. This is why they're fourth, you know. Like the, I would I would love to have this team just for the fun cup runs, and they are the, you know Stone Petrangelo, Theodore, um, whom else am I leaving off here? Uh, Marcheso, all these guys like they're there and they're good, and I honestly I kind of hope they get a cup because I think it's a big it's a big. Uh, F you to, to Canada really but uh, <laughs> I but yeah at the same time it's just like you built them for now and maybe that works for this market you know I, sometimes I do think about that I'm like maybe this is the best thing for the market it's just like we have an amazing team now for you guys like you guys were gonna probably be into hockey and no matter what but how fast that was gonna drop off say when the Raiders got here and all this other stuff, you know, how, how quick was the sheen going to wear off of like, ooh, hockey's a fun sport in Vegas. You know, how crazy is that? Was going to wear off when this team stunk. And it's like, mm-hmm. maybe that does happen, but they're kicking the can far enough down the road that they can kind of, they can get enough people into it that they're in it for the long haul when they kind of stink again or stink for yeah. the first time, I should say. And for that, I would commend them and say, maybe that's, maybe that's the look. Maybe that's what you got to do. Um, to make this viable, the sport viable in the long run in Vegas. It's like 3D chess, I guess. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit or they're really (laughs) not thinking that far ahead. Maybe this is just old hockey men doing old hockey things again, but. No, I think that, I think that's a really good point, honestly, that I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it from a business perspective very much. Oh, Steven, it's a business. Yeah, well, no, it is. And, and I think, you it's are correct in that, you know, there were always some concerns about um, whether uh, they could last, you know, and now they have, uh, at least, in, like you said, in terms of like being and maintaining legitimacy, I think they've done it. 
Um, so that's a good point. I'm, uh, I, I see that. I'm just still worried about their long-term health. And I'll, I'll you know, Cody Glass is a, a young player that I think is still, I still rate as a very, you know, highly important future impact NHL guy. Uh, but beyond that, Nicholas Haig, uh, Brendan Brisson, and Peyton Krebs, you know, I think could all be good players, but I don't think there's a ton else to be excited about. And they certainly don't have a, a wealth of high draft picks or anything um, to, you know, kind of, rely on so they need to be good they need to stay good and and get the the real job done fast uh and if they don't then i i've got uh questions about them <laughs> um yeah let me ask you a question we've got the carolina hurricanes at number five here are the carolina hurricanes a passable goaltender away from being number one on this list what are your thoughts yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think maybe, or at least a lot higher up, even though they're fifth. Um, they're, they're a fun team. That's like a loaded team. And they just have, who is it? Mrazek? Mm -hmm. and, and Reimer? Uh, Reimer, I think, is, or is Reimer in Detroit. No, it's Reimer. Yeah, I think it's Reimer. Um, Bernier is in Detroit. Yeah, it's like, that's an okay tandem. But for a team that's so good, in front of it like so so good you gotta i don't know what you gotta do but you gotta get yourself a better goal and i'm a little surprised i don't know what their cap is like i haven't looked at it i'm a little surprised with the goalie market the way it was this year that they didn't go and do something you know mm -hmm. like at least somebody better than I, james reimer nothing against them but somebody better to pair with peter Mrazek. like peter Mrazek seems very hit and miss too they both seem very hit and miss. just that you can ride Mrazek for longer um mm. why not why you're not going to get um the guy that went to Calgary, you're not going to get Markstrom. But, like, who else went? I feel like you could have gotten somebody. You could have gotten somebody. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people moved. Or, you know, you could be the team that took a, that took a flyer on uh, Flurry, you know? like mm. you, Oh, yeah. Uh, they don't have a ton of cap space there, um, but they could have made it work, you know, sent a contract back or something. Um, yeah, just, it, I don't know, it just almost like uh, – that's their that's their big question mark and then i look at pretty much anything else and i'm like man this team's so solid <laughs> um you know they have a, a forward core that has you know it's not it's not elite necessarily but just so many good pieces in their forward group including you know andre svechnikov who i think still still hasn't quite gotten the respect he deserves as, as a player who's just going to be an elite scoring threat for a very long time um, they've got Sebastian Ajo, obviously still there. Uh, Toivo Teravainen and Vinny Trocek are, you know, both good kind of second line forwards. I think uh, uh, Jesper Faust is there now, who I think was a, a great depth pick off for, pick up for them. And then Martin Neches is, is maturing into a really good player. Um, obviously, they have, I would say, probably the best defense in the league, even though it's kind of evolved over the last two years now with uh, Hamilton and Slavin as your top line and Brady Shea and Jake Gardner and, and Brett Pesci and, and Hayden Fleury. Um, and then even, you know, prospect wise, you know, they're they're buoyed by the fact that Svechnikov and, and Netches are still on the list. But Jake Bean and Ryan Suzuki and, 
and Dominic Bach are still really solid. I'm I'm kind of torn with Dominic Bach because, like, on the one hand, I still really like him and, and I love German players and I hope he turns into a great NHLer. But on the other hand, it would sure make that Justin Falk trade look better if he didn't become anything as well. So <laughs> I'm a little torn there. But, you know, I just – Tom Dundon blew a lot of hot air when when they when he sort of took over there and and you know he did other than that idiotic uh, will never draft a defenseman edict it seems like he's kind of um, actually been okay you know he's spending to the cap he's not doing the kind of criminally gross stuff that some of the worst NHL uh, owners do um, and they're not losing players you know Aho they 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 uh, countered that Aho offer sheet and he was willing to throw down the cash um, to make that happen. So he doesn't seem that bad as, as bad as I worried that he would be. And Don Waddell is still there after that weird, like maybe he's going to leave episode. And I think he's really good. And Rob the bot is, is legit as a head coach. So I just think that kind of question mark about Reimer Morazic is really what drags them down a little further than I think maybe they deserve to be like, I would definitely rather be um, personally a Hurricanes fan than a, than a Golden Knights fan probably. And maybe even than a Lightning fan. I just like that team a ton, uh, but that goaltending is the big question. And and I know they've got Alex Nedeljovic or Nedeljkovic uh, who could still grow up and be really good. Um, but I just don't know where he is or, or quite how good he'll be. And, and that's kind of the big question with them, because I think otherwise they are a team that really is, is poised to be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, they seem like they're going to be, let's see, I'm trying to think, like one of the stronger teams in the Metro. Like mm-hmm. for a long time, it's always been sort of like the the Penguins and the Capitals and things like that. But I think they're starting to supplant those two, namely the Penguins. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We will talk about the Penguins, uh, spoiler alert, much later on in this episode. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I just, they're, they're a great team. There's nothing wrong with how that team is built. Um, they remind me a little bit of, of the good era, you know, the best era of the Blues, where you look at them and you say, okay, maybe they're not truly elite, but they're also a miserable opponent every single night. No one you ever want to play against, you know, and and I think that's as good as you can be without being in that truly, truly top tier. So, yeah, I'm, I think I've said enough positive things about them. Just uh, I really rate them highly and and other than having Peter Morazic as your primary goaltender, which seems uh, suspicious to say the least, I think uh, they're in great position. So uh, here's a team that is probably way higher than uh, I think people would expect them to be. Uh, they were uh, 29th last year and they have just exploded. Um, but I think it's fair. I mean, you know, again, it's probably we have neither one been shy about our bias towards the future. Um, so it's, it probably is a little still biased in that respect. Um, but the Ottawa senators are up here at the number six spot for us. Um, <coughs> this team currently is not the God awful blight of a team that it was uh, last year or the year before. Uh, it's, it's still probably a bad team, uh, but nowhere near as bad as bad can get. They signed Evgeny Dedanov, which I think was a choice pickup. I talked about uh, wanting him for the Blues, although I'm not sure I want him uh, at $5 million for three years, but that's one of the luxuries of being a team that's near the cap four is if you 
doesn't like a guy and you need to convince him to move to Ottawa. He's from Russia anyway. It'll seem familiar, <laughs> you know, barren and lifeless. That's pretty Russian. So, oh, so um, sad. Colin White is there to stay now. He's not a player I, I have a really strong opinion on, but I know he's a, a player that they really like and, um, you know, joins their um, group of, of players named after colors as well with Logan Brown and Connor Brown and Colin White. So, you know, that's good. <laughs> um, and then, you know, um, Galchenyuk is, it was an interesting, very cheap pickup to give him a chance to prove himself in a do or die season where, you know, he's either going to pretty much uh, turn it around with the senators or he's not going to turn it around at all, which I guess to be fair, you would have said about uh, um, uh, Duclair last year as well. And then they didn't sign him long term. So, um, you know, some question marks there, but, and then Kachuk, Batherson, Josh Norris, Logan Brown, and, and Tim Stutzla make an amazing young offensive core. Hot Sam Bacho, I think, is still one of the underrated young defensemen in the league. Uh, that's Thomas Shabbat in human English. And then Matt Murray experiments begins. You know, you got to hit that floor. Open the open the door, hit the salary cap floor, <laughs> Jordan. And or Ian, hey, what it is. I'm, your name is Ian. I know this. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, as reporter Jordan is, is just on my mind. That's that's all there is to it. But they hit that floor with the Murray extension, and uh, that's fantastic, and I love it. Um, so what do you think about this team? I mean, they are really high up here, and I admit that. I recognize that there are people out there that probably think we're crazy, but what are your thoughts on them being this high? I mean, I think it makes sense to me. Like, they're, they are, to me, like a step behind the Rangers, but – I also think they have so many more prospects that I'm aware of, or at least that I, you know, that are, that I, yeah, that I know about compared to the Rangers. And they just seem, the only reason I wouldn't put them any higher, honestly, is the fact that their management is just like Pierre Dorian's great, but the owner, Melnick's just like, man, he might not be able to even get in the way of this, but he still could when it comes to like re-signing these guys. But I hope even his old ass realizes, hey, you're going to make even more money you pay the money and keep them here and have a you know ice a good team um <laughs> that's what worries me about the ottawa centers i see them and they're all smiling and happy right now and i'm like oh i hope that continues because i just know yeah. this this could just fall apart because your man your uh, owner is just such a piece of shit but like i think they're they're stacked for the future i love um kachuk up there I, I'm, I'm interested to see uh stutzla up there as well it's they already have a lot of those young players, like you mentioned, like Hot Sam Bacho up there already. You've got Kachuk on the team already. Like it's just they're a fun team to to watch too. And then along with having um bringing in Murray, which, you know, like you said, I think it's it's very apt to say the experiment begins because you don't know, you just don't know with them, but with that money that they paid him, they they had the money to do it. And if that's what he wanted, I think having him there and having something to prove sort of because it'll work or I'm hoping it'll work. I should say he has something to prove mm -hmm. because he won two cups, but somehow, and I'm even one of those people, but somehow it's kind of a question mark still with him because he's just had some really rough years after that. And I think being able to say, Hey man, we want you to be our number one. There's no Tristan Jari behind you. Um, let's see what you got. And I think I would think, and I would hope that he's up to the task of that. And if he is, you've got your, your goaltending figured out, which is a big deal for a team that's rebuilding. Um, I think the sky's the limit. No, I think Eugene Melnick's the limit. 
Yeah. Uh, Eugene Melnick is the, that's, that's the bearish argument in a nutshell is, um, you know, how, how far will he let his team go? <laughs> because uh, otherwise I think they're fantastic and, um, you know, set up for a lot of success. Uh, so, you know, I, I see the controversy of putting them up there. I see the controversy of putting this next team up there. In fact, you know, I would have probably uh, gut reaction put them lower. Uh, but you kind of convinced me that the uh, Los Angeles Kings should be way up here. And again, it's it's very much looking towards the future. Uh, but why don't you talk to me about, about them and, and why you kind of put them this high and, and ultimately convinced me? Uh, I just, I don't know, to me, they're a team that they're older guys, they're, um, they're, why am I blanking on all their older guys? They're also old. Dustin Brown. Um, Drew yeah, they're, Dottie, maybe not Dustin Brown. Andrew Cousin, Andrew Cousin, <laughs> yeah, Kofitar, Drew Doughty. Those are the guys that I feel like are going to age well, even though yeah. Drew Doughty's had some okay seasons. Like, I think they're going to age well, and then having, like, the young team come up behind them is going to work out well for them. Um they haven't made any crazy moves, which I guess is both good and bad in the sense that like, okay, they haven't swung for the fences. They haven't done an Artemi Panarin sort of thing, although it was like rumored that that was one of the other teams he was looking at. Um, and they've kind of gone the more traditional rebuild route of like, you know, much slower, get your draft picks. We're going to suck for a while. You know, that's sort of the route we're all used to. Um, but landing Quentin Byfield was big this year. I think they have some other really uh, great players that are coming up as well. And I just, I don't know. I feel like this team is run well by Rob Blake. And then it seems like he knows what he's doing. It might take a while. Maybe I would put him a little bit lower, maybe like a 10th or something like that, because it is, it is going to be rough, uh, you know, rough for a little while here longer. But I just, I feel like there's promise. There's promise. And I believe the promise. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I, I tend to agree with that. I just, I think um, the Quentin Byfield thing to me, you know, I, I know in my gut that Alexi Lafreniere is a better player and that you would love to have uh, Alexi there. But I just think that's, that's a perfect marriage for the Kings and for hockey um, you know, to, to be the highest drafted black player in NHL history. I mean, this league is still uh, fighting a tooth and nail to try and get anywhere and, you know, towards improving in its relationship with the black community. Uh, and it desperately needs uh, a, a, a black star, you know, and it's, it's, there's some great um, players in this league, but, you know, Quentin Byfield has a chance to kind of uh climb beyond any of them so far and, and I just think having having that in a market like uh, LA is so fantastic for you know um, the progressive you know progressing um, kind of how hockey looks at black players which is is not has not been great you know I mean last year it seems like um, generations ago but but all the uh, all the all of that movement really was going on last year before coronavirus um with uh you know the coaches and and everything that went down there so i mean that's you know that's not not something you can necessarily say is like well that means anything for their actual 
on ice future other than that he's a, a very good player you know but i just think that's that's really important for the league and, and for the team to have him as their kind of centerpiece going forward i think it's it's fantastic and i'm really excited to watch it um and then you know some of their other prospects aren't players that i i know so well um Arthur Kaliev and, and Samuel, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, Fadrimo, Fagimo, I don't, I'm not sure, but um, which I should know more of. Usually I know prospects, but I don't know a ton about them. Um, but, you know, Promman put them above Alex Turcott and Gabe Velarde and, and Tobias Pjornfoot, who I'm very high on. So, like, they must be pretty good, I would think. Uh, I just think, you know, watching looking at the active roster is a bit like walking through the Chesterfield mall in the sense that like you recognize some things, but they're old and, and dusty and they haven't been filled with life in in many years. But um, like you said, I do think Kopitar and Dowdy can, can age more gracefully than most. Um, and really when you look at their cap friendly situation, it's not that bad. Um, you know, most of their bad, bad contracts are pretty close to done. The Brown and the quick, I think, you know, quick, for three more years, I think it at um, 5.8 is rough, but overall, I just think they're really positioned for long-term success and, and they got through a rebuild faster than I thought they could. Um, not through, they're not to the other side by any means, but they, they, you know, by winning, by getting the second overall pick, they got uh, much higher, much quicker than I thought. And so I just, just like them. And I think it's good for hockey when the Kings are good, you know, so um mm -hmm. that's important too. Montreal Canadiens another team that's good for hockey when they're good and they somehow are man as, as often as I thought that they should fire Mark Bergevin they haven't and uh now it looks like they're getting uh, rewarded for their patience which was extraordinary um talk about the Habs a little bit too because I know they're another team that you really liked and, and you know kind of influenced where they are on this list yeah, I mean, I think the current team they have is is gritty in your face and has some deceptive skill. And I, I think the way they're built, I just love it. Um, you've got Weber, Gallagher, Druin, Tatar, Suzuki, uh, Karkinyemi, Deneau, Petrie, and Price between the pipes find everybody. And that's, I mean, I don't know, that's as solid a lineup as I can find in the NHL. And a lot of those guys are relatively young, too, and they already look really good. And then they became even more solid uh, with the off-season additions of Anderson, Foley. Uh, Edmondson and Allen and mm -hmm. you can't forget about defenseman Alexander Romanov who looks to step into the fold this year as well he's only 20 years old but he's he's one of the best defensemen outside of like North America I believe and that's that's a team that's on paper looks really good and I think is going to be a force a force to be reckoned with in that Atlantic division um, especially given the fact that really that that division's been dominated by the likes of Tampa and Boston and Toronto thus far I think you might see more of a four-headed beast emerging slowly here and then uh, the management again Mark Bergman's done a great job adding the pieces of the team to make them a playoff contender he was kind of on a hot seat for a while there but it seems like now recently um, he's been doing a lot better I don't know if it's because they pretty much been like yo you gotta make the playoffs or you're fired <laughs> and he seems to be making those moves to get them into the playoffs um, you know barring last year's weird weird entry into the playoffs with the bubble and the expanded playoffs but um it looks like they'll make the the 16 team regular playoffs this way. And, you know, the only thing I have against anything they've done so far really is just some of the extensions that Berge signed, you know, they, they traded for Anderson by sending Domi to Columbus 
and they gave Anderson a seven year, $5.5 million deal. It's like, that's okay money, but that's a lot of years for a guy that has some injury questions and is really like a dying breed as a power forward. Um, maybe it works out there. Maybe is great. You know, he fits their gritty sort of build. So like, it, it's not a bad acquisition. It's just for, you know, the term and how long it is and how much money it is. It seems kind of iffy and same with the Edmondson deal. You know, they got him from Carolina 3.5 million for four years. It seems like a tad much, um, but they have to get to Foley on a steal of a deal, which is 4.25 million for four years. Uh, that's a really good deal. That's a COVID deal, baby. Um, that's a, that's a Tyler to Foley that probably would have gone for 6 million or, or maybe even slightly more uh, to another team yeah. in a non non pandemic year. One of those off years where you don't have a pandemic. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, those very rare years. Where yeah, you're not in the middle it's, like of the, pandemic. it's like a leap year, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, barring those sort of like contracts and maybe what sort of situation they'll be in in the long run with their cap right now, they're in a fine and they're in an okay spot or at least a fine spot. And they've got some fun prospects coming up too. And Cole Caulfield, uh, Ryan Poling, Matthias Norlander, Caden Gould. It's like they, they, uh, they have some guys that are still coming and they can make some magic happen if they need to with trading some of their older guys away. And some of these guys are coming off of contracts in the next couple of years here, some of their older folks. So I think they, I think they're built right. I always get a little wary with Montreal because it feels like they should be good all the time, mm -hmm. given their market and there should just be no excuse yet somehow. And the entire time I've been a more hardcore hockey fan these last like 11 years, it feels like, they managed to always sort of not be good. They managed to always be like the team. I think that should be good. That's like a step down. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I temper my expectations, but it feels like they've, they've done all the work they need to, to actually be a good team now. Yeah. Yeah. That's all very fair. I don't have a lot to add there. I think, you know, on top of everything else, having Carey Price there now with an actual good team and and maybe a solid defense. I'm still that will be my biggest question mark still is like, did they do enough to strengthen that defense? Um, but uh, yeah, I think overall they're a team to be reckoned with and um, you know, really, really a threat. I know I've heard some um, teams some people say that they're all they've passed like the Bruins and uh, Maple Leafs, which I don't I don't really quite buy, um, but uh, they're certainly near, um, you know, and, and they did pass them long-term, I think, in, in our eyes, at least in terms of these rankings. And uh, the last thing I'll say there is that I think extending Petrie is um, huge for them, and, and they got yeah. So um, good, good work there for Bergevin. The Toronto Maple Leafs, man, um, number, number three team last year, I, I – we talk about the Maple Leafs a lot, um, so I'll try to keep this short. But I just feel it's the same freaking story with this team. They're good, but are they good? They added Simmons, uh, VC, Thornton, Brody, and uh, top Russian defenseman Miko Letnin. Uh, but they lost uh, Andreas Janssen and Kapo, Kapo Kapanen, uh, Kasperi Kapanen. Are they better? I feel like the answer to being too skilled you know the, i feel like they were trying to solve this puzzle of like we're too skilled and we're not gritty enough and they certainly got grittier but they also got less skilled and i'm not sure that that's how you want to solve that puzzle i think you want to add grit 
without losing a lot of your skill. And they certainly lost a lot of their skill. Those are two very high skill players. And, and granted, yeah, they're not very gritty. Um, but, uh, you know, I think about trading Simmons, Thornton, uh, and VC up front one for one for, um, you know, those two guys. And I, and I know that that's not what they did. I know they got other assets, and, you know, improved for the long term and saved salary cap space. But um, that is clearly, clearly a weaker offense. I mean, there's no question that this offense is worse uh, without those two guys. And it's just a question of will the, you know, chemistry balance shift uh, improve them? And I'm not sure it will. I'm not, I'm also very not sold on Kyle Dubas. I think he's done some things really well and has done other things incredibly poorly. I can and I will call his management into question. Uh, and I, even though it's weirdly against the law, I feel like there's a weird reverse prejudice with Kyle Dubas. And I know I'm just kind of word vomiting now, um, but maybe you can tell me if you feel I'm wrong on this, Ian, but it feels like because everyone was so certain that everyone in the hockey community would just crap all over Kyle Dubas because he's young and just kind of automatically write him off. It feels like now that we're like, even what is it? Three years into his tenure now um, as, as the full-time GM, it feels like it's still almost verboten to question whether he's good at his job because like people are going to say, well, you're just saying that because he's young. And it's like, no, I've seen him do his job for three years and he's not very good. <laughs> you know, mm. I don't know. Do you feel that way? Or you think I'm being a little over dramatic there? No, I mean, I definitely feel like there's a lot of revisionist history where people were saying he was already not good at this because of screwing up. I mean, he signed, you know, screwing up those, the big three contracts, like he signed Nylander, it was a good deal, but it went on too long. And then it took forever to sign Mitch Marner. And then they signed him for probably more than he's worth, quite honestly. And and they also in between there had, had the Matthews deal that actually made the most sense because like, okay, that's your best player, obviously. And you sign him for probably what he needs to be signed for. But it just seemed really like there's there's some there's some questions to be had with this GM. He's not terrible, but there's some questions. And now they're like, well, no, like you said, they blank it with like, you just don't like it because he's like a stats guy and young. It's like, no, I don't like it because I don't think he's doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's the thing. And And my bigger overall question with this team is people want to say that their mix isn't right. And that is a problem. I don't think the problem is at the bottom of their roster. I think the problem is at the top. And, you know, as long as they have Tavares, Nylander, yes, I said that right? Yep. Yes? Okay. I, I don't know why I can't learn that. Mitch Marner and um, the one I didn't say <laughs> to at the top, um, Austin Matthews, uh, as long as those are their top four, like this is this is the year. I feel like they've they've incredibly switched the mixture of this team, and I think this is the year where you've got to say, okay, if we don't see market improvement now that we've signed TJ Brody, now that we have improved our defense, now that we've added more veteran grit and leadership, uh, then you got to start looking at those four guys. And to me, they're gonna have to start looking at those four guys because I'm not convinced those four guys are the right mixture of leadership to lead a team deep into the playoffs. Um, and, you know, in Pronman's prospect pool, they were very generously bumped up to number four because Matthews still happens to be in there uh, technically, which to me is a, a little bit of chicanery. 
uh, because they are not that good a prospect pool. They would be dramatically lower in my eyes if it, if it wasn't for Matthews, uh, which, you know, obviously the flip side of that coin is that their franchise centerpiece is still only 22. So, um, you know, that's, that's a good and bad argument. Nick Robertson should be good. Uh, but I think Rasmus Sandin and, and Timothy Liljegren have, have slid a bit in my eyes. Um, and, uh, I don't know, man. I think this is a big year for Toronto, and I'm not sure they're ready for it. Do you have any parting thoughts on Toronto? I know we analyzed them to death because of Steve Dangle and them being the big mm-hmm. team in the league, but I just feel like they're also just a genuinely interesting team right now. Yeah, not really. I mean, it's just they're taking a swing here with like the old guys, with your Thorntons and your and your um, Simmons and everything, and they're saying, you know, we. They're basically doing the lightning thing. They're basically saying we needed to bring in veteran presence, sort of, kind of. We need to bring in grit. We need to bring in a little toughness. And so they're doing it. And then it's just, it's the classic, will that work? Will that work? Mm-hmm. Will that be enough? Will that rub off on the rest of the team? What's a rub off means? Because these are also players that aren't going to play that much. So is it, it's, a, it's a locker room gamble, I guess. I don't think they're going to break that locker room, but are they going to, are they going to fix it and get these guys all on the same page and playing defense and, and winning, you know, playoff hockey, or is it going to kind of fall in deaf ears and then they're going to basically lose these guys, you know, the next year. And that's that. And at that point, I think you're right. Then it's starting to think like, okay, what's going on with this core here? How much, how many more times can we look at this in a different way? You know what I mean? Before you're like, we can't, it's the same thing and it's broken. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much a, a good cap on it. Here's a team that should be higher. (laughs) <laughs> and um, isn't uh, because of because they're badly managed. This is a badly managed team. Jim Benning should not be there anymore. Um, I'm not sure Travis Green should be there anymore. Uh, listen, the Vancouver Canucks are 10th on this list. This team is very good-ish. Um, they have Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, JT Miller, and Elias Pettersson. That's, you know, up, up amongst the top, the best four, you know, top four groups in the NHL, you know, it's probably not on the level with Toronto or, um, you know, Colorado or maybe Tampa Bay, but it's certainly right in that next year. Um, the, um, defense is questionable. Uh, Hughes is phenomenal. Uh, Nate Schmidt was a really big steal ad for them. Um, but the rest of it, I don't know. The, uh, rest of the bodies in the forward group are very questionable. I don't think they have a ton of identity. Maybe Britannon is pretty good and, and a couple of people, but I just feel like they're not great overall. Um, but they don't have any kind of overcommitted long-term contracts anymore, uh, other than maybe Michael Furland, uh, 3.5 through, um, 2023. So, I just feel like they're not a better team than they were <laughs> last year at the end of last year. This is a team that beat us in the playoffs. Remember? Um, and, you know, I understand why they let Markstrom go. And I actually am really high on the Holpe signing after assuming all year that whoever signed Holpe would be a moron. Um, I think getting him for two years at, at 
you know, under 4.5, wasn't it? For it's four, yeah, 4.3. Um, that kind of acknowledges that he's fallen off severely. Uh, but it, it, it does give that kind of cushion, whether it's it's real or kind of make-believe for Thatcher Demko to not have to step right into the number one role, uh, even if he ends up starting 35 or 40 games and, and hopefully is more of a, a true mentor. I think that's smart. Um, but I still think you're obviously worse without um, Tanev and uh, Markstrom and the other guys that left. Uh, the prospect pool being eighth, I think, is preposterous. Um, if we're including Elias uh, Pedersen and Quinn Hughes, then it should be the second best in Promen's rankings. Um, I think the only team you could possibly argue is, is better set at 22-year-olds is, is the um, Rangers. Um, but that's just, that was more of like a personal um, rant of mine because I found that really funny. I like Pud Colson and, and Hoglander amongst their prospects uh, and have young guns of several of their other prospects. So I hope they become great. Um, and for the, for the sake of hockey, I hope Jet Wu makes it because I think that's a, that's a money name right there. But yeah, just I, I won't pick them up to be higher on this list, but I don't think they can be. Do you have thoughts on that? Um, no, I mean, I think they have some young guys that are, that are going to propel this team forward. It's just going to be a matter of them holding on to them. I think they will, but it might put them in a little bit of a cap crunch mm-hmm. with that because of how much they've given to their, to their bottom six. But yeah, I do think it is one of those things where they would look promising and they kind of just took a step back and it's not anything against their, who's on the team. It's just who they subtracted out. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen enough of, um, Who's their goalie now? Thatcher. Thatcher, Demko. Thatcher yeah. I haven't seen enough of Demko to really be like, yep, that's fine that you lost Markstrom. Because Markstrom was a big a big part of their run last year. And their, their run to the second round. Um, and I just don't know if that's going to be made up. I don't think it is. I think they're going to get scored on a little bit more. You lost Tanov. You lost Stetcher. Defense is just, it's just going to be, it's going to be more of a run and gun team. I think they looked more well-rounded last year. Um, and they kind of lost some of that. Yeah, agreed. It's too um, bad because I agree. I agree with you. I wish I wish they were a little bit better. Yeah, I just think they should be. <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, I know that's kind of a silly thing to say, but it just feels like they honestly should be a better team than they are, uh, and they chose not to be in, in a number of different ways. And, um that's uh that's strange and so maybe it's time for a change at the gm role or something um but uh whatever the case they're just not quite there yet and um yeah i guess that's kind of that on them uh for the next team the boston bruins i think we can talk about them quicker than almost any other team on this list they're the same team they've always been they're just older and i get that they uh you know went to the stanley cup final two years ago but uh david Krejci's 34 and on an expiring deal patrice bergeron is 35 and has two years left even charlie coyle who you think is like the young guy on their team is like 28 they added craig smith which is nice he's 31 uh chris wagner's 29 sean corrales 27 jake debrusque is 25 which isn't even young for like a young forward these days um 
And, uh, you know, David Pasternak is 24. He's obviously phenomenal, but Marchand is 32. Uh, you know, Grizzlick's 26. Um, uh, Chara's gone. Rask is 33 and embroiled in controversy. Uh, unnecessary controversy. Don't get me wrong. He's totally in the right and fans are completely moronic, but that's the way hockey works sometimes. And Hawk is 35. So like, they're good. They're going to be good this year. I have no question the Bruins will be good this year. They could compete for a cup, uh, but they're old and they're not getting younger. And I just think that their long term is pretty bleak if you're looking beyond, you know, a couple, the next year or two. So that's why I have them here. Do you have anything to add? No, I'd say they're like you said. There's this team you team you thought they were, and yeah. they just they're just gonna kind of to me they're a worse version of Vegas in the sense that they're like maybe they don't have the cap issues, but it's like they have a good team right now and they're gonna try for the next couple of years. But that that you know sand is running low, and by the time it does, it's like what do we have here? So they need to start restocking. That's for sure. Yeah, and the only thing I'd maybe add, or the sorry the next team i would say uh is almost a carbon copy of that as the washington capitals um you know they're getting older too and i think the big question for them is is this team a contender or is there the or are they the team that's trying to help ovechkin catch gretzky um and you know i like lundquist coming there i think that's smart to get samson off that cushion and and that mentor but um you know the core is still strong They've got good players, but they've looked severely unmotivated over two playoffs in a row. They got rid of middle school vice principal Todd Reardon um, and replaced him with Peter Laviolette, who's obviously proven, but also boring. Um, so it's just kind of like, does this team want uh, want to win? And um, we'll see, I guess. To me, that's you know, that's kind of the whole spiel to me is, is are they interested in winning? And um, we're going to find out, I guess, this year, huh? <laughs> They're not. The answer is they're not. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, uh, to be honest. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out, I guess. That's kind of the, got to be sort of the question. So um, I don't have a lot more to say about them. Do you? No, not really. They're, again, these the sort of middle tiers, like teams that are good right now, but they don't have much going for them after this sort of window. And their window already is slightly more questionable and then some of the teams maybe above them that weren't rebuilding teams you know yeah i agree um so uh moving on to the philadelphia flyers i wrote more about them but i don't know that i have to speak a lot longer about them uh they're a weirdly franken team to me considering they haven't made major changes in like a decade um they just still feel very disjointed and like they don't have a clear identity uh they're set in goal for a long time with carter hart i mean i think he's getting overlooked a little bit in terms of the best young goalies in the league um uh, there's no denying that Drew and Voracek and Hayes and Van Riemsdyk can connect me and Sean Couturier as as good of a top six as anyone has. Uh, but it doesn't it feel like with those six guys, they should be better. I don't know. I mean, it seems like why are those six guys all there and they're not dominant? They were good last year, but they kind of faltered in the playoffs. And they do have playoff legend Scott Lawton, uh, you know, oh, yes. my uh, fantasy playoff team. Um, Provorov and Gostaspier are fine. The rest of their defense is mad. They're always talking about trading Gostaspier. I don't know what for. They need defense. So what are they going to trade him for? Um, Chuck Fletcher is there. Uh, he's boring. Um, 
I I wrote as I was taking these notes. I wrote, I can't tell you who who Philly's GM is without googling it. Wait, no, it's Chuck Fletcher and their coach <laughs> Elaine Vigneault, perhaps. And then I wrote, Google has confirmed. I was right. It's Chuck Fletcher. But I just feel like this is as middle of the road as middle of the road can get. And they don't have a queer path to being good enough to win a cup unless uh, Carter Hart kind of carries them for a long time. Do you have strong thoughts on Philly? Uh, It feels like there's more tinkering that needs to be done there, I guess. Like you said, they have some really good players. Um, But I don't know. I guess the defense. You've got Provorov. They they are the Philadelphia Flyers from here, the Montreal Canadiens as well, up until this like last year. They're always like, that team should be good. And then they're like, eh, they're all right. And yeah. I don't think the Flyers made that leap. I don't think the Flyers or nor do they have necessarily the prospects uh, to push them over that hump like Montreal did. Yeah, I uh I agree with you. Um the Dallas Stars are 14th, and that's gonna be controversial. Um, I need to see that last year wasn't a win it for Rick bonus kind of thing to really, I, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be convinced they're good because they're so, Ken Hitchcock isn't there anymore, but the ghost of Ken Hitchcock looms so large over this franchise. Ken Hitchcock's still alive, but metaphorically speaking, um, you know, they just are so defensive and dull and unexciting and kind of trappy and you know they're they're sort of like the islanders they just do it a little better uh so why is the team that made the stanley cup final uh last year from the western conference feel mediocre to me i don't know maybe it's me they're stacked on defense i love heskinen um heskinen and and thomas harley is coming up and he's great but beyond that i don't know i just i can't get on board with the dallas stars and this might be more personal prejudice uh, than a lot of these other teams because, uh, man, I just, I can't, I can't with them. <laughs> I just can't do it. You have, uh, what do you think? Um, yeah, they, that team feels like a three-headed beast up front where it's just, you have Sagan, you have Ben, you have Radulov, and then you have Klingberg and Heisken and, uh, on the back end. But like Ben Bishop is hurt all the time and and Antoine Qdoba was not like an actual solution I don't know I feel like that was a run he went on and he, he's good he's a good backup he's a good 1a 1b so maybe he flourishes in that in that uh group but it just feels like yeah they just feel very mediocre in the sense that like they're a very good team but they can't break that ceiling I don't see that unless they're bottom six or some of those other guys your your old your Yol Kivirantas turn into like really big contributors, you know? Like he contributed a lot this playoffs, but unless those guys turn into like guys that push him over the hump, it's just like you have those same those same five dudes and they've been there for a while and they haven't quite gotten it done. I wouldn't like blow it up necessarily. They remind me a little bit more of say like um the blues prior to winning the cup where it's like, yeah, they're a good team, but are they ever gonna do it? And yeah, they made the the finals this year, but it's like, are they are they going to be able to make it back? I worry about that. You said that like you do it for a Rick Bonus sort of thing. That's like, is, is that magic still going to be there, or is this going to be a team that kind of falls back down and is going to have to rebuild and reload, you know, in four or five years when everyone's kind of getting older there? Um, I wonder. I wonder that. There's a couple options for them, but I think that makes sense that they're 14th. They're kind of right in the middle of the road. 
for, for a yeah. team that just went to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I think that's, I don't know. Maybe, we could be dead wrong. I mean, we're not experts by any means, but it just feels like they're not set long-term. Uh, and their core is pretty old. You know, Ben's not young. Um, Pavelski is older than Dirt. Um, you know, Sagan is, is still in his 20s, I think, but uh, at the top end of them. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just nothing, nothing excites me there. Edmonton, uh, it's a two-sentence explanation. Uh, are these guys ever going to actually be good? And how long can Connor McDavid afford to wait? for them to get there um i i like the tourist signing i like getting cahoon uh, i think finally signing pool party is exciting uh but then they do stuff like sign mike smith as a backup why he's dead he's been toast for five years why is this guy still getting an nhl job because he can handle a puck is that it ian i need you to explain it to me because i really don't understand um they are thin on prospect talent and even thinner on cap space so this has to be the team they have to get it done you know, not this year. I'm not saying they have to win a cup, but they're not going to add some huge superstar to this team anytime soon. Uh, they have two former Hart Trophy winners. You know, Ken Holland uh, did look good in year one, but it's it's the same old Edmonton story. So do you have a, a new chapter to add here, a different take, or you want to move on? I mean, it's, again, middle of the road, just 15 makes the most sense. And how can that be when you have, like, one of the best the best player in the league and then one of the best players in the entire league behind him as well or on his same line normally? Um, yeah. yeah, I think they did some they did some stuff. I, I agree with, um, I agree with uh, Dangle on them that, like, Edmonton got hurt, I think, maybe the most by, like, COVID or by, like, just their, their, what happened on their, um, their draft there with, sorry, their draft, their um, deadline, their deadline, because they got all these guys that they just ended up losing and they didn't have a lot of time to get these guys to gel. And they immediately after the deadline, it was like, okay, we're not playing anymore. You, you get bounced by, by Chicago. That's a bad look. And then all your guys that you, you brought in um, leave. Like they don't, they haven't signed Anthony C, right? He went somewhere else. I don't even know where he uh, went. Yeah, no, they cut him. They, they just yeah, him. he's gone. They uh, they got Mike Green. He's gone. He retired. He said, "Never, never mind," and retired. <laughs> um, and it's just like, well, they got somebody else too that I can't think of right now. Uh, like, Tyler Ennis, right? Yeah, and he's gone. I'm pretty sure. Or did they resign him? Was that I, the actual I one? I want to say he may have stayed. Let me look. Okay, but they 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 kind of took a little bit of a shot, and their shot just kind of disappeared. Um, yeah, Tyler Ennis is there again for a okay. year and a million dollars, which could be good. I mean, he's a guy, unlike a lot of people, who could actually potentially skate and play on communication line. So that's positive. I think um, some fo- I think some folks have been um, duped by this this chair shuffling. I think they think that Edmonton Oilers did a did a Canadians did a something, and we're like, you know what? They actually improved this offseason when I really think you just you just saw some deck chairs move. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, pool pool party uh, that'll be interesting that's the most that's the biggest intrigue there is is can he uh, perform at the level of a former top NHL pick Um, and if he can and and decides he wants to stay there then you know that's obviously going to be a big boon for them but failing that I just don't know um, you know, again, what the narrative is there that gets them over the hump other than just Connor McDavid carrying them on his back, which he could. He's, he's quite good at hockey. So uh, that is always an option. But 
um, not one that seems uh, extraordinarily likely. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's uh, that's uh, that's my take on the Oilers. Um, the next team on our list here belongs right in the middle because they're. I hate this team. <laughs> and I hate the New York. The 31 on Steve's heart. I don't want to. I don't even entirely get it. But they, as I think it's just everything, just go back and listen to the part about their jersey again. It's a, they're just boring. They have Matthew Barzell. They, they've made moves to make it hard for them to sign the only player they have worth keeping. I don't like how do you put yourself in that situation? How right now they have. I typed it wrong. I was so angry. They have $4 million in cap space and Matthew Barzell is still a restricted free agent. Um, how, what, how, I, how he's the only player you have that matters at all. I don't get, I don't get how they have more than $5 million connect, committed to John Gabriel Paggio and Josh Bailey and Andrew Ladd and Jordan Everly and Brock Nelson and Anders Lee all of those, the, the shortest of those contracts ends after 2023, and that's the brutal Ander Lag contract. This, I, I'm, I'm done talking about them because they bore me, and I know that even if, even if Matthew Barzell walked, even if he signed an offer sheet and left, um, I know that they still somehow won't be bad because Barry Trotz is a wizard um, and Lou Lamorello has uh, sold his soul to the devil to never have a truly irrelevant hockey team. Um, but uh, I just, I'm so bored of them. I don't know. Do you have anything to add there? Oh, they're really the team out in the Metro that I probably think about the least. Um, I want them to be good. I'm with you. I'm with you when we talk about the jerseys. I really want them to be good. I hearken to the years where I wasn't born, where uh, the Islanders were good for four years in a row. But yeah. uh they and they could be. I just think God, they Blue Lamarell has done well with them so far. You can't really argue with the results, but it seems like that's as good as they're ever gonna be with him. And I just wish he would let his old man grasp off of that team. Yeah, it's uh whatever. Uh let's talk about our own team a bit. You know, we'll go into the blues in more depth, but let me ask you this question, Ian. If it was any other team. If this was any other franchise and I told you that they'd lost their captain and their top scorer, would you believe that they could recover from that? No. <laughs> because I I just I think it's true. I'm I will hopefully be more positive in other episodes, but I think we're a little too uh, rosy, I guess, for lack of a better word, a little too sanguine about. Uh, the changes this team has undergone. Um, we could not afford to lose Alex Petrangelo, and we did. I don't, I, that, that decision will never make sense to me, um, and it happened, and here we are. But we could not afford to lose him, and we did. The big question marks are Jordan Bennington, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, um, and Justin Falk, and I guess Tori Krug to me, like, what are those players going to be? If they're all great, then maybe we're fine. But otherwise, I, I love Stone. I love Dougie overall, although I do wonder if it's time for fresh eyes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm, – I'm worried about this team. And, and um, 
that's that's that i guess we can talk about them more at another time but they ended up 17th for me would you have put them higher um i think i had them about there i think i had them at like 14 or 15 i want to say but no i think that's that's right the blues could flip into i don't think they could flip i don't know i don't think they flip very far either way in my eyes like even after the season i don't think they go skyrocketing to top 10 with any sort of performance but i also don't think they're going to be in like the bottom the bottom 10 either like mm. they just feel like there, there hasn't really been a direction chosen yet or and that's because we really just don't know what this team is yet you know once you know what it is then a direction can be chosen you can sort of be going in either one of these directions obviously you're going to choose to go up but that could be ended up sending you downwards but we just really haven't started walking yet in any any direction yeah um my uh apple uh Air, AirPod batteries are dying, so we may switch audio qualities here in a minute, which is a sure sign that we've been talking forever. Uh, so let's rocket through a few of these next teams because they're more or less irrelevant. Uh, the Calgary Flames, very boring. They're fine. They're not terrible, but they're boring. And they keep saying they're dissatisfied with the core, but then they keep not changing. <laughs> they got Markstrom. That'll be interesting. Uh, but as far as young players, they've got Kachuk and nothing else, and they're 18th in my eyes. Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets are similar. I love John Tortorella. He's the best coach in the NHL as far as I'm concerned because he keeps doing it. Um, but otherwise, what is there to be excited about in Columbus? You've got a goalie named Elvis. I guess that's cool. Um, <laughs> anything to add on either of those teams? Um, not really. I think with Calgary, yeah, I just don't know when, I don't know when that core is going to flame out, if you will. Um, like you said, they talk and they talk and they talk and they talk about it, but it doesn't seem to happen. And they just seem to be spinning their wheels up there. You've got teams like Vancouver that are more on the rise in that same division. Um, I worry about Calgary in a all Canadian division. Mm-hmm. I think oh, that yeah. team gets, I think that team gets curb stomped. Yeah, um, aside from could, Winnipeg. Who that we'll actually talk about. could be, that'll be interesting is like, who will division shifts benefit by waking them up a little bit like you know we talk about like the teams like vegas who will just get a huge boost if they're moved out west and have to play pacific teams but like a team like calgary could be benefited by getting a, a really high pick and waking up uh to how mediocre they are a little bit you know if they just get curb stomped up there mm-hmm um, and the only other thing I'd say about Calgary is like, it, I, it, I get why they haven't traded Johnny Goodrow because why would you? But also, if they're going to keep talking about it, just do it. Just freaking do it. At least change something, but they won't. The Winnipeg Jets, most boring team in the NHL, not named the Islanders of the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they didn't trade uh, Patrick Wine, which they were never going to do because that would have been interesting. Connor Hellebuck carried them to even semi-relevance last year. Um, you know, who knows if he's going to be that good again. Uh, those jerseys are terrible. Next. The New Jersey Devils have great reverse retro jerseys. Um, but the big question to them about me is like, we know they're on the come up, uh, but how long is that come up going to take? Is Jack Hughes great or is he fine? Is Nico Heischer really good or is he fine? You know, I think those are there are a lot of questions about their young players in terms of just how good they are. Um, and uh, it's just going to take some time to kind of answer those, I think. And, and we just kind of have to wait on that to happen, I guess. And you have any real big thoughts on the Devils? No, I think they're, we were talking about earlier, they're a lot like LA in the sense that they're rebuilding the way you would think they're rebuilding. 
it just seems like they've been so much worse for so much longer than LA that mm-hmm. I don't know if I have as much confidence in them getting this rebuild right. You know what I mean? Like it feels like they've been yeah. bad for so long that it starts to starts to make you um, not believe in their rebuild, even when it's like, well, of course we're rebuilding. We've been bad so long. It's like, yeah, but shouldn't, <laughs> you been, shouldn't you been better by now? Shouldn't there have been yeah. a rebuild somewhere in there that failed? Um, but they've got a new GM. It's be, it'll be interesting to see how they do in the coming years. I want them to be good. That's another team that I would love the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils to be good and be like a high-flying team because the only good New Jersey team we've ever seen uh, sat on the puck for 60 minutes and then mm-hmm. they won cup after cup after cup. Um, so, you know, it'd be, it'd be cool to see that team become good and relevant again, but in a different format. Yeah. Um, the, t- the Pittsburgh Penguins are very low here. Uh, and I know the argument uh, is that they have Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, but why don't you talk about why uh, you ended up rating them lower? Yeah, so I mean, they're competitive. You're always going to be competitive as long as you have Crosby and Malkin, but how much longer are they going to trot out? I put in quotes, a Johnny Wahlbergson <laughs> play the wing with Crosby. It's like Kenny, Kenny Bluger, Sheary, Rust. Like just... <laughs> It's like it's an endless pool of just random ass wingers that are fine because he's Sidney Crosby and he's going to find you with the puck and they trade him somewhere like Connor Sheary and he's okay and then they bring him back for whatever reason and you got Evan Rodriguez you brought back you traded for Kasperi Kapanen you've reloaded your wheel of bodies that you'll just toss next to Crosby I'm not saying you got to go out and get a ginormous uh, amazing winger for him but like to me I'm like why isn't Mike Hoffman here why isn't there like a winger of note you can put with this man yeah, the fact that he's never had, never had a winger of actual substance is a testament to just how good he is. Mm-hmm. You know, because <laughs> like, how can he, how can they have been this good this long without ever having an actual player at his side? Mm-hmm. That's insane. Like, I, I don't quite understand it, but it's, it's worked. Um, their defense on the team is a lot more suspect. You have Latang, who's fine, but he's 34 halfway through this new season. That's going to start. You uh, got rid of Jack Johnson, but then you signed Cody CC. So you kind of just a wash. It's only for a year, but like you didn't, like that's what I don't understand. You didn't have to. Like surely someone you have in the system is better and maybe they're not. And maybe that's the problem. Um, You traded Hornquist to Florida for uh, Matheson and Sevier. Matheson's kind of a mixed bag on defense, but he's still an improvement to what they have. And then overall, the management for that team is just rough. I mean, we've seen GM Jim Rutherford doing his best to keep this team competitive. But it's as if he doesn't really know what a competitive team looks like anymore. Uh, you know, he says this is for, for us to compete for the cup. And I'm like, do you know what that's going to take? Because all your moves seem to be to the contrary. Um, it's just confusing. It wouldn't be so bad if they had legit prospects coming down the pipe, but they do not. They are 31st in the prospect pool, which again makes sense when you're a team that's always near the top. But again, you would hope that maybe you hit a couple couple, uh, I don't know if you call them home runs, a couple singles, a couple doubles, and some of those uh, rounds or later in those rounds, yeah, you're picking and you get somebody, but they have they've no never one. drafted well anywhere at all. During the entire Crosby era, they've never drafted well, you know? I, I, I see that I know Crosby's going to be there a while. I know Malkin's contract's up in like two years or something, and I don't know what's going to happen there, but like it just feels like the bottom is going to drop out on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, in the next like 
three or four years. I just, it's worrisome. I would hope they would get a different, if I'm a fan, I hope they have a different GM before then. So they can, that guy can start planning the rebuild because if it's not, I think they're going to be in for a long haul, especially with, I don't know. I don't know what happens with Crosby in the long run. Like he's what? Thirties, early thirties at this point. 33. 33. I mean, he's still probably playing for the next four or five years, I'm assuming, but like yeah, he's got five years left on his deal. So I assume I'll see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you just, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's weird to think of teams like that or like the Capitals who have been, both these teams have been good for so long with these, um, you know, just absolutely all-star elite players that you think, oh, soon that guy's not going to be there. And <laughs> yeah. then you're like, so then what is this team? And it's like, well, there's no way. You can look me in the eye and tell me this team, Blues are going to be a fine without Petrangelo and I can tell you no, but there's part of me that still is like, well, you could be right. But mm. you just take Sidney take Crosby off this team and this is like, this is like a bottom three team. Yeah, they're terrible. Um, and uh, yeah, well, I think no that, disrespect to Evgeny Malkin, but you know, no, I suppose but, like package them together as you will or whatever. Yeah, I just think they're sinking and they're not, they don't have any hope for climbing out because Crosby is not getting younger, you know. So mm -hmm. Nashville Predators, another team I could say almost nothing about. I just, they missed their window to do it and now they're kind of sticking with, uh, trying to pretend that they're relevant and yay they got Matt Duchesne you know they keep they keep making these moves where it's like oh this will be the thing right and it's never the thing um Roman Yossi is good uh their their offense to me is the most overpaid under delivering offense in the league uh Johansson and Duchesne neither one impressed me all that much they're both in their late 20s they're both making eight million dollars forever uh Philip Forsberg is a shell of the player he seemed like he was going to become Victor Arvidsson is fine but not great and you know they're a team that's built on defense that doesn't have the goaltending right now to back that up and I just don't see where they get better substantially. They don't have a, a good prospect pool. Problem put them, uh, you know, at twenty three. Um, you know, they've they've had some misses there. Uh, what's his name, Ellie Tolvin, and uh, you know, hasn't hasn't come over and and seemed to become the player uh, people thought he would. They've got some great young players. Um, the defenseman whose name is uh, Dante Favro is great, but he's not a defenseman. And the yeah. defenseman whose name is Dante Fabro, you like that? Yeah. Um, His name I is Dante Fabro. I'd almost forgotten it, but then it came to me. Uh, I just, again, it's a team that's nondescript to me and boring, and I don't see a pathway. I don't see an obvious explanation as to why uh, they would be better anytime soon. So that's why they're here. Anything to add? Nope. They're just, they're, I'm surprised. Uh that they've become this. I'm surprised <laughs> that they, they like you said, their window is open and as quick as it opened, it shut. Their window shut so fast. I thought um, that they, you know, when they went to the final, I thought, okay, crap, they're going to be a nightmare for a few years. And uh, no, not, not true. Uh, the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres signed a former Hart Trophy uh winner and uh dropped four spots in our rankings which probably doesn't say as much about them as as other teams around them but i don't know i mean they've got they've got good prospects um they've got good young players i mean rasmus dalin is there he's obviously very good uh victor olafson was a big uh find for them this year um 
they've got Hall and that experiment will be interesting uh, to say the least. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's just they're not, they don't seem capable of getting over the hump there. And um, they just seem kind of stuck in perpetual, just under mediocrity. <laughs> um, Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall will be fun to watch, and that could make them relevant. If any two players can make a team relevant, it could be those two. Um, but, you know, they're saddled with that Jeff Skinner contract. They're saddled with that Kyle Ocoso contract. Um, yeah, I just, I don't see a, a, a lot of reason to think that they can get to the truly great tier, um, you know, to the competing for a cup tier. Um, and uh, if you can't get there, then to my eyes that you need to rebuild and that team cannot enter another rebuild. So they just seem kind of stuck to me. Mm -hmm. No, it's, it, they are, have been perpetually bad. And I just hope that getting Taylor Hall does something. Yeah. Because I would, as much as I would love Jack, I would leave Buffalo. I also feel terrible if he would leave Buffalo. And it's like, I want them to have some sort of success. So he stays there. I just don't know what their path is. And I feel like I would move them higher on this ranking because it does feel like they have, there's some positive traction with them, but I just don't believe in their ownership. Mm -hmm. I think, I think the ownership is holding this, this back. Um, and I think, I think their fans would tell you that over and over again. So it's like, do I believe that they can get this done? Do I believe Kevin Adams, who's essentially, I mean, it's essentially the owners are the GMs now because he's pretty much just a talking puppet for them. And it's like, he's a shadow GM really. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know if that's going to work no matter what is in front of them on the ice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, the Florida Panthers sank from 19th last year. Uh, this is a team I used to think was really exciting and young and they had a lot of firepower. And I now realize they just had Alexander Barkov and he's definitely going to leave in two years. Um, so, I mean, I hope, I really hope, I hope, if that dude just takes money to stay there and be the franchise, like, please, please don't be Shane Doan. Please, please oh, don't be that guy. You know, I just, I don't, I don't wish ill on the Florida Panthers, but they have no desire or capability to improve. Um, so why would you stay there? The Bobrovsky contract is a nightmare. Now, granted, Bobrovsky's always been a very up and down goalie, so he could easily be a Vesna Trophy winner this year. I'm not totally giving up on him but it looks real bad so far um uh Aaron Ekblad's real bad uh you know they've made some changes but it just seems like you said earlier kind of like shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic like I just I don't see where the path to success is for this team and um yeah that's that's it's kind of sad I'd like the I'd like the Panthers to be good I really really love uh um the guy we just talked about, uh, Barkov, um, but I just don't see it. And I don't see it for the Ducks either. I think the Ducks are, are similar other than that they were uh, good at one point, with the, which the Panthers never truly were. Um, you know, Getzlaff is, is almost gone, but they have uh, four years and $11 million com combined committed to uh, Adam Henrique and Jacob Silverberg. Uh, they have David Backus for some reason. Ricard Raquel um, has not stayed good. Danton Heinen is there now. I mean, 
you know, they've got a, a lot of young forwards that are supposed to be good, but are they good, good, or are they complementary pieces? And if they're complementary pieces, they're not good enough. Uh, Ryan Kessler, you know, is, isn't going to play again. And, um, you know, John Gibson is, I think, phenomenal, but uh, isn't quite good enough to make that team relevant. And uh, they need a first overall pick in the worst way. So they'll probably get it next year uh, when that's not going to matter much. Um, anything to add on either of those teams? No, I mean, I think they're both in the same boat where it's just, I, they don't have much coming down the pipeline and they're, they've kind of been exposed without any, anything to anyone to really bolster that lineup. Anaheim to me is like a lot of prospects that I've heard of that are now on that team that just have to perform. Mm-hmm. Um, Florida is a bunch of like no one that I've ever heard of. Um, like you said, now it's just Barkov and Huberdeau basically there. And then Bobrovsky is just an albatross of a contract. And it's, I, I, I would like both these teams to be good. Maybe more Florida than Anaheim just because Anaheim to me has always kind of been like, to me, that's the one team that if they moved, I would feel nothing. I'd be like, good. Or like, I'd be happy if they moved. I don't think they're ever going to move. It's not in question, but it just feels like Anaheim always just felt like a weird spot. You know, it's pretty much the, if we had a St. Charles team, you know, more or less, because they're like Anaheim, the Anaheim Ducks of LA. Um, and for some reason that has always stuck with me. And other than their fun little, um, you know, Mighty Ducks days, I'm kind of just like, I feel nothing for the Anaheim Ducks. So like, I, d- I don't, if I ever skewer them or, or, they have anything good happen to them. I just, it's just, it's just kind of blah to me. More yeah, blah than, than a lot of teams, I think. But the most blah of any team on the West Coast, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, the Minnesota Wild, I don't know how deep we need to dig. We've already dug deep a thousand times. They were 30th last year, so they're moving up, uh, but mostly because other teams are moving down. Um, what do you say about this team? They have Parisi and Sutter for five more seasons. Uh, that's it. I mean, tell me, what do you think? Um, I mean, yeah, you have Prezi and five more seasons. Their forward core outside of Prezi are all on short deals, which is good, and they expire in the next year or two. They have a mix of young guys they'll have uh, that they want to keep moving forward in Greenway and Eric Sinek, Kaprizov, Fiala. Uh, Kaprizov could be really interesting with them coming over finally this season. They've talked about mm-hmm. for like the last two or three years. Um, but then they also have dudes in their forwards that are most certainly that they're going to let walk. Uh, Benino, Johansson, uh, Foligno, Hartman, those are all guys that I don't, I don't see them resigning at all. And they also freeze up a lot of cap space for them, which they're going to need because their defense is what's eating up all their cap space. And their defense, whether good or bad, is here to stay for a long time. They have um, Spurgeon and Suter there for a long time. They just signed Brodeen to, a, to an extension they're all there and they're all locked in and they're a fine defense, but it's sort of like you need that money freed up for any of these young guys. You might have to sort of pay and keep in your greenways and your fialos and stuff like that. So that's another team too, that they constantly talk about trading Matt Dumba and they just haven't. And I get that you shouldn't just give them away, but like, what's the point? You know, it just feels like he's a marked man in his own locker room and that can't be good for his play or anything. Yeah. I don't, that's the one guy that I think they're, going to move but again they've said they're going to move so many times that's like are you going to move them yeah i just it's hard to tell honestly i yeah they they got rid of dubnik who's their goalie now i can't remember it's not stay they actually got somebody didn't they 
Yeah. Um, n- no, uh, they got Cam Talbot. So no. That's right. Okay. So no, I didn't really get anything. <laughs> um, again, like I said, I've just named everything for you. And that's not necessarily a bad team. But again, they just they have a solid defense. They've got some young guys. They're going to pay those young guys when they get the old guys off their team. And those young guys will be fine. But it's just they don't have it and they're ranked 27th because they're going to be you know a playoff bubble team next year and the year after that and the year after that and the year after that and it's just it's if we're talking misery here we're getting to the 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 misery of this index this is miserable that your team is just constantly fine and it's like I would almost, I'd be like, swing for the fences, you guys. Give us something interesting. And maybe it blows up in your face, but maybe that's good and it sends a spiral, spiraling into a rebuild. Yeah. And we actually can do something. Instead, you're just content to be just lame and to be, I don't know enough. I don't watch enough Cardinals baseball. But currently, this feels like mirror image of like the Cardinals where it's like, dude, are you going to do anything? Is this, gonna, yep. is this team going to do anything? And they're like, well, we're pretty good. And it's like, uh, sure and then they're like and that's good and then just walk off I think it's even worse sometimes for Minnesota fans um because like that's the more I've looked at their sporting you know their sports teams it's like that's it that's what those teams are they're just like always always fine uh, or or average out that way Vikings are sometimes really good but never do it or sometimes they're like this season they're really bad the next season they'll be all right and then they'll just average out to being all right and nobody wins anything and it's just like that's got to be frustrating and it's got to be frustrating on every front when you flip to any channel and you're like, yep, here's my team again, doing sports. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've skewered the wild plenty over time and we will do it more. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings, I want them to be higher. This, this team has been too bad too long to still have a, a prospect pool that Corey Promen ranked 13th. Um, and uh, you know, they're digging out of Capel, which I originally thought they weren't, but they made that Abdulkader buyout. But it is still a buyout, and that's going to haunt them for a long time. Uh, this team really got screwed by the draft lottery. I mean, I feel a lot better about this core, uh, even with Stutzler or Byfield there, uh, than I do with Lucas Raymond. I mean, Corey Promen still likes him. He's his fourth overall pick, so he's obviously not bad. Uh, but I just don't see much there outside of Dylan Larkin. By the way, I don't know if you heard Ian. Uh, but Dick's Sporting Goods lo- leaked a uh, 71 jersey. I think that's uh, Larkin's number uh, for the reverse retro that had a C on it. So uh, that oh. seemed to be uh, semi-official now, not that there was ever any question. Iserman's great. He's there. He's already effective. Jeff Blaschel, man, I have never seen a dude who is more pre-fired than Jeff Blaschel. That guy is just hanging out there until they are good enough to justify replacing him. Uh, It's a weird situation. I I almost would quit if I was him, except you're not going to be an NHL coach or make that kind of money anywhere else. So I guess you uh, just stay there as long as they'll have you. But man, that's weird. And their prospect pool. I mean, Raymond seems good. Cider and uh, Zadina are great. And there are other good pieces. But I mean, just... Considering how bad they've been and how long and how historic they are, it just seems like they're nowhere closer to actually being relevant. Uh, and some of that is, is you know, repeated screw jobs in the draft lottery, which, you know, I think is a system that uh, the NHL really needs to reexamine a little bit. But um, I just, I don't know. I just don't see any reason to be optimistic as a Red Wings fan, really. 
Yeah, it's, I feel like they're the furthest back in the rebuild. And that's not necessarily a bad thing and that like they've done anything wrong. It's just that I think they have the most work to do still. And if you're talking about like, am I interested in that? Am I interested in trading for that and everything? No, like obviously every year they're probably going to get go higher and higher or, you know, they would hope in the misery index here. But right now they're just at the bottom because there's, there's not much to be, there's not much to be excited about. Yeah. Uh, and uh, second verse, same as the first for the Chicago Blackhawks a little bit. Again, we've talked, you know, we talked at the beginning, recent success doesn't matter with what we're considering. Uh, so, you know, they've obviously won some uh, fantastic uh, Stanley Cup runs in the recent past, uh, but they're not there anymore. They're openly warring. Um, they've got one of the best players in hockey and Jonathan and Patrick Kane. Um, who just had a baby. Um, it pains me to say these words, but congrats, Patrick. Um, and then the rest of it, I don't know. It's just there. Uh, thoughts on the Chicago Blackhawks. You took some of these notes, so you make your points. Yeah, I mean, it's you've got your core. Stan Bowman says he's not trading the core, not, nor do they want to be traded. And that's fine, but then is that really a rebuild? Or are you just going to pretty much cross your fingers and hope that all your young players work out because if they don't you, you just said you're not going to be trading these older guys and they think they're taking that as a little bit of a promise so if you don't trade them then your young guys don't work out what's the plan to me it feels like you traded Crawford you traded Saad I get those aren't Crawford more of a core piece than Saad but it's like you you've gone ahead and you've decided that you're doing some of this just take one more step and trade you know your Duncan Keith um, your Jonathan Taves seems like that somebody would be a real hard sell for fans or, or anyone else in the league, but it's like, you make that trade. And I think you're kicking off your, your rebuild. But to me, this feels like, like they're a step back from Detroit where it's like, Hey, we're still all right. We've got Pavel Datsuk. We've got Henrik Zetterberg. You guys, it's no problem. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. And it's like, and I get that those two players won one cup and these, you know, three or four players won three cups and it's a little different and they're they're still of age where they're not useless especially Patrick Kane um who's you know getting 100 points there on teams that are losing but I think that also speaks to how bad these teams are these getting 100 points and they're still losing um it just feels like they have they just you got to take that step you got to take that step and just admit that it needs to be like a full rebuild and I think it's going to be a couple of years for them until they actually realize that's what they're going to need to do because I I don't see this team making any noise. And the thing is, that's a lot of young players. That's a lot of, we watched that Minton series against them. That's a lot of scoring. That's a lot of speed. That's a lot of fun. That's not a lot of defense. And then you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me, well, that's fine. We've got, uh, we've got Subban and we've got, you know, Dalia behind them and everything. And it's like, oh, oh no, 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 no. So you're just going to get scored on all the time. They're going to have fun games. They're going to lose every game five to seven. Um, that's just the way it's going to be. They, I think you got to focus on on trading one of these guys to get something, or at, least, at very least, start looking around to see what you can do. Um, you know, goalie wise. Yeah, they just seem stuck in the sense that they they would have to trade some of the big four um, to yeah. uh, 
actually be relevant and they don't have the balls to and even if they did you know all of those guys have no movement clauses so um they'd have to you know other than um you know i think they all do so uh you know they have to make that work anyway if they wanted to so there's just no path for them it's just a long hard road and that's fine because they're the blackhawks and i'm down with that you know and they didn't win the lafreniere lottery or anything so uh while they cost themselves that opportunity a a little bit by uh advancing in the playoffs so that's great um but god it's awful san jose sharks very similar except that they never even reached the mountaintop so they don't have that to rely on um, they've got some good forwards, you know, Couture, Kane, Meyer, Hurdle, and LeBlanc, LeBlanc are all good to great, as you point out here. Uh, their bottom six is a little weak. The defense should be good, but it's old as hell and only getting older. Carlson and Burns um, aren't good defensive defensemen, especially now. Um, and all three of them are old and, and like you said, eat uh 33 of the sharks cap space and then their their goalie is nothing um their only thing to be excited about this year is that if patrick patrick marlowe plays uh you know i think it's like 45 games or something in that range he'll pass gordy house or most games played in the nhl which is truly remarkable and as much as we've joked about patrick marlowe here in the past that's kind of a cool thing uh, to witness and, and, you know, to be that healthy and that, that enduring in today's NHL is, is a real accomplishment. So, um, that'll be cool. Uh, but you know, they traded for Devin Dubnik, um, and that's a disaster. So, uh, any thoughts on the sharks? I kind of talked through your notes here. Uh, so I apologize for that, but just any thoughts on them overall? Oh, I mean, you, <laughs> I think, I think we've, you've ordered these very well, Stephen. Um, because I think it's just always a step back because the San Jose Sharks can't like, I don't think they can rebuild. That's the worst. I think they're in the worst position. And I think they're only above Arizona because of like just the shit that Arizona's been through this year. But (laughs) like San Jose is literally like locked. They're locked. They could do things. They could trade some of their forwards away, you know, get some different guys in there, but there's, you're not trading any of those defensemen. They're there for however long until their contracts are up. Mm -hmm. There's no real reason to be trading any of your forwards because they're all right. Uh, You just have to hope this team like plays above its head to, to advance you in any way. And even then now you're, now your, your picks are lower or, you know, in the draft and now, and your, your drafting hasn't even been all that great recently. So it's like, you really don't have anything to do until these contracts run out. Um, other than just try your best every year. And again, like their forward group, I don't really mind, but they also haven't gotten it done. Like Couture has been there for a long time. Meyer's newer, but you know, he's been there. Hurdle's been there for a while. It's LeBlanc's new. Kane, you kind of, Kane stepped up there, but you still kind of know what you have in Evander Kane. It's just sort of, it's treading water in the worst way. Mm -hmm. I think it's treading water and being, being, it's treading water and being worse than the wild um, because there's just there's no way up there's still they still have to they have to wait before they can start digging downward mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like the that's I'm trying to think of what this is have you ever gotten something where like you have an event or you have something you don't want to go to and rather than it getting canceled it gets it just gets moved back <laughs> and you're like oh God, you're like, I just, at like, least I was going to get it over with. 
yeah you're like i just want to get it done at least and they're like no 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 this is going to be like in two days now and it's like oh my jesus and you're like stop mm-hmm. i just want this to be over that's what i think about the san jose sharks they're just the the meeting is five years from now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no i think you're right um and then finally, I mean, you, you tipped our hand, but I think it's uh, it's it's pretty obvious why they're down here. The Arizona Coyotes, look, I'm going to say it. The experiment has failed, and it's time to move this franchise. Seriously. I don't I, – I've tried to hold out against that position, and, and I'd be devastated to lose some of the Coyotes' stuff if they relocated and renamed because they've got really cool jerseys and stuff. But I, it's if, – if you cannot find a way to make this team work in Phoenix proper – which is, you know, one of the fastest growing and already a very sizable city. You've got, I mean, there Houston is out there, which you don't know if they're going to commit to hockey. Atlanta is out there, and we already know that they haven't committed to hockey. Um, Portland is a city that seems like they would glom onto a hockey team, you know, and and they already have an arena for it, obviously, with the Trailblazers. But even, you know, whatever it is, it's it's going to be increasingly hard to me. I think. Gary Bettman is a victim of his own success a little bit because it's going to be increasingly hard for me, I think, for the NHL to justify having a team in Sunrise and having a team in in, uh, Glendale or wherever the hell in Arizona when they have half billion dollar uh, expansion fees to put teams in Seattle and in Vegas that are immediately getting huge fan followings that are, you know, generating talker all around the league and, and all that. I just, I don't see how long they can justify having teams in places where there is no interest at all, you know, and, and the Florida Panthers, the Florida Panthers are like in, um, I don't even want to say Winsville, like compared to where Miami actually is, that's not even far enough out. Um, you know, they're like in freaking Troy or something. I guess that's even closer. <laughs> you know my point. Um, yeah. And and Arizona too. It's like I just that, but Arizona specifically. Let's stay there. I just think the experiment is over. But they're not going to move it anytime soon. So talk to me why. Uh, you know, through what's gone on there this year and um, why they just don't have any hope of climbing out anytime soon. Yeah, so they start more positive, we'll say. You have Keller, you have Hayton as your young stars up front, but you have like an aging Kessel who's only there for two more years. You have an aging Stepan who's there for one more year to prop up the middle of that lineup. Um, are you really confident in Schmaltz, Dvorak, Fisher, these guys that are touted as young but aren't really young anymore I mean they're like in their you know middle middle 20s their mid 20s there and it's like they haven't really done anything for you yet are they going to now um and then you have your back end with OEL and this is I think this is like weird I think maybe just because this was in Arizona no one talked about this but like he tried to leave Mm -hmm. and then he pretty much backpedaled when neither Vancouver Boston pretty much was like not interested and then Vancouver was interested, but just couldn't get it done. He backpedaled into like, oh, well, those, I mean, those were the only two teams I was looking at anyways. And I'm more, I think he honestly was like, I'm more than happy to stay here. This is where I want to be. And I was like, but you wanted to leave. It's the weirdest thing. He was like, I'm leaving. I want to go to one of these two teams. And they said, no, I mean, it's real. It's, I want to date these two people. Um, I wasn't able to make it happen. So, but I was never going to leave you. 
Yeah. Right now. And I'm like, I mean, if you put it like that, I'm like, what sort of weird gaslighting bullshit is going on with Ackman Larson? Where I'm like, I would, if that wasn't a bigger market and it was like a rabid fan base, it'd just be like a big F you. I mean, it's, even though it's just the blues who are, I think you people would be like, what were you trying to do? And Alex yeah. Petrangelo is like, I need to be moved to one of these two teams. And then he didn't get moved. And he's like, it's fine here, though, you guys. We'd be like, huh? What? And that's your captain, too. Or you're like, what? What's happening? Yeah. Um, you have Jarmelson, you got Golagoski. They're both old as bones. Like, they're just like, Jarmelson's good still, but also just block shots nonstop. And I think your bones get more brittle as you get older. So, like, how much longer can you do that? Um, and then Jacob Chickering, I feel like, is always hurt. And I also don't know if he developed into what they thought he was going to be, or maybe that he didn't develop into what I thought he was going to be. I didn't think he was going to be an offensive defenseman, but he just sort of turned into Aaron Eckblad light. Mm-hmm. More or less in my eyes, I don't know that much about him, but that's sort of what it feels like to me. Uh, Darcy Kemper, kind of a lone bright spot on that team, but honestly, I'm sure he's getting traded next summer so they can get some value for him uh, one more year till he hits UFA at that point. Management, uh, this is here. This is it. This is where the meat is of this just dumpster team. Uh, they did physical testing on 2020 draft eligible players earlier this year before the combine, before that was allowed to happen. And thus they forfeited their second round pick from this year and their first round pick for next year. Um, already that's a bad start. Then their GM, John Chaka, he quit just a week before the Coyotes started playing in the bubble in Edmonton. He was looking at, I think he was being offered some other positions or being able to look at some other positions on other teams when this sort of came about. And then he pretty much said, you know what, I'm bouncing. This was after he signed like an extension last year or the year before that. New ownership. I don't know if that's what rubbed them all the wrong way, but he just completely bounced. And then uh, they draft Mitchell Miller this past summer and we talked about that, but they then chose to relinquish uh, Miller's draft rights when the, uh, his past intense bullying came to light on social media uh, obviously the Coyotes and other teams were all aware of this and they still managed to draft Miller uh, regardless. And it just was the, the coup de grace, if you will, for like this team where I was like, wow, you, you just couldn't get any worse, huh? Um, and like you said, it's just, it's on a team. It's on a team that like you can recover from this because they're just irrelevant, but also like can't because it's like, you need some sort of good PR other, like you're just burning yourself into more obscurity. And, I feel like they almost need this team to, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if it makes sense as a business to do this, but like you just need this team to go into full rebuild and then trade it, like trade the team. You need to then move the team then. You need this team to be like, you know what, fuck it, what's over? And then have the have the owner just be like, you know, like I'm selling this team to whoever, like wherever they need to go. Because it feels like it's been, how long have they been there? Since like the mid nineties? Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, it's going to be in, in four or five years, granted, 30 years that they've been there. Yep. Yep. Wow. Like it's just, and it's never felt right. Yeah. It's never felt like people were like, yep, that makes sense. Even when they were um, in the Western Conference final against, it was that like 2013, I want to say, against um, the Blackhawks, it was like, what's happening? I'm like, you're not, yeah. you can't be here, even though they were a good team. It was still like, I don't get, no, no, no. You're supposed to be in the basement forever. And I think with that mindset, that that just permeates this entire team, this entire organization is like, you're not supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost feel worse for them too, because you have a team up the street, not really, but like in a whole other state, but in Nevada, that's in the Vegas Golden Knights that are thriving 
and granted that there's a whole other set of circumstances around that and like there came about you know 25 years later but it's like basically this that's the experiment and it's working and you get to like stare in the mirror or through this clear glass you know at this other team that's doing great in that market and you're like why can't this work for us what happened we mm -hmm. pretty much were a stain when we moved here and we've never gotten that off and um yeah i think all it's very appropriate that if I look at this team and I'm like, would this be the team I want to trade the least with for their situation? Then yes, I think it's like, <laughs> I think there's no doubt. Yeah. Like there are other teams I don't like, but at least there's something there. But if I'm trading for the whole situation, this is as bad as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the misery, uh, the misery is just compounded by the fact that you've always got to wonder if the team's going to leave. You know, I feel, no. I, yeah, I was gonna say, this is all against the franchise and yada, yada and ownership, but like, I feel for those fans. Oh, for like, sure. That's terrible. Yeah. You, I mean, it's I pretty much a gun to your head every year. I remember the era when the, when the Rams were terrible and it became more and more obvious that it was, you know, become that, that the goal was to leave. I mean, it, it took some, <laughs> it took for a while to take the red pill and realize that that was always intentional. But it became more and more obvious that leaving was a very real concern. And I remember it was miserable. I mean, it was awful. And, you know, leaving them leaving obviously hurt like hell at the time. But, like, it was kind of a relief at the same time because, like, at least it's done. It's over and we can move on. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's really a testament to just how completely powerful Gary Bettman is. Um, by the fact that they're still there because that's a thing that doesn't make a lot of sense other than that that's his will and his desire. And, and you know, the, the counter argument's always going to be Austin Matthews, but, like, that's not that strong a counter argument. One great player, you know, if it was just a pipeline of incredible talent from, from Phoenix, then that might be different. But, um, you know, one, one great player doesn't justify a city being there. So unless they can plan, find a way to get Austin Matthews to come down there uh, and, you know, carry them to relevance, I just don't see why they're there. So I feel, I like to believe that the existence of the Arizona Coyote is um, handcuffed. Austin Matthews to <laughs> hockey when he could have been playing like basketball, I guess yeah. not tall enough, but like football or some other sport, been relatively good at that and then been, you know, much more relevant mm -hmm. in one of those sports. Rather, rather he's amazing at hockey and we've now taken his life away from him. <laughs> yes, that's very fair. Uh, that covers all 31 teams. I don't know how long we've been going, but I think we're over like three hours. This has been a, a this mega. might be the record. Oh, it might be. The record. Um, and we were taking notes for a, a long time before that. So we deserve a break. You deserve a break from us. Um, but yeah, if you've made it to the end, thank you. Go, re go review. Uh, uh, maybe wait until the next episode to review us. If you don't yeah, want yeah, long yeah. episodes. Or talk about how you love long episodes and want us to go three hours every time. We will not. Um, but, you know, you can you can say that anyway. Uh, Ian, anything else you want to close with before we get out of here? My dog is pissed. Yeah, I mean, consider, uh, considering that at least this is the first time we've recorded this episode and we've never recorded it before, that is positive news. Um, but, you know, other than that, it's time to go check out the dogs. So, uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll talk to you all real soon. Yeah,